Minefields. Joshua Michael here with a scratchy throat. Uh, not not no, playing no it up. Good. Not no playing good. it up too much. It's one of those things like I've been making everyone around me all nervous because I've been coughing and sneezing and shit. Like no, it's just allergies. Uh, it's just allergies. I'm, I'm. It's. I can still taste food. <laughs> like uh, oh, no, nobody. I'm, I'm not in the room with you though. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, this old dude gave me an old timey uh, allergy allergen recipe. That he swears Yo. by, and I've been waiting to tell you this. He said he would always Everybody have. Knows he, how he, bad my allergies are. He, he lives in Oklahoma. He lives in Tulsa. Oh, really? He lives in Tulsa, and he and he described the exact same thing that you were talking about, and uh, that you always <laughs> that you bears. that you always talk about. Yeah. He says what you got to do is you got to find some local honey. It's it's true. Yeah, I put it in uh, a lot of stuff. He, 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 and I was like, "What is?" And I started connecting the dots right away, you know, because we mm-hmm. walked through minefields, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not yep. gonna, I'm not gonna be bashful about that, um, you know. Our and brains, he man. he said what I was thinking, and he's like, "Well, basically, they are fucking with all the uh, pollen and allergens that are fucking with you, and uh, barfing it up as as honey. So you're getting the <laughs> the opposite." And he's like, just make yourself, like, when you wake up in the morning, instead of making coffee, make yourself some hot tea. You make sure it's caffeinated if you're switching. And, mm-hmm. um, and it should work. And I was like, man, that I'll is... keep making my coffee, but you can put your honey in your coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I wouldn't want honey in coffee. My sister called me a pussy a couple of years ago, watching me put uh, sugar and cream in my coffee, and I, I can't, after that... Considering me Mar- Marty fucking McFly when it comes to that shit, I I like your sister plenty, but uh, I don't appreciate her giving you a hard time for anything. I well, I I appreciate it, and I feel the same way about anyone ever giving you a hard time about anything. And I understand, but uh, um, the the funny thing was, I'm like, man, I think I was meant to get you on the phone today. And he's like, why? And, I'm like, and he's like, why? And I'm like, because this started like really acting up like a couple like last night. And, um, now, like, I woke up this morning fearing I couldn't work and I would have to miss work because my voice is so scratchy. And, oh, man. and, um, and the funny thing was, uh, there's a, there's a hard, when it, like, work is almost a straight shot for me. Uh, except there's a hard, bright turn I gotta take. And right at that, that turn is like a dirt lot. And, oh, you I, mean driving there? Okay. Yeah, driving there. And, um, uh, there was a guy parked there. Mm-hmm. Selling local honey. Awesome, awesome. And I was like, man, that looks. I'd like some honey, and uh, he, he's like, just make sure you, he wasn't there. Um, yes, like when when I left work, I leave work at like nine, and um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go a little early tomorrow. Hopefully, catch him. Uh, the uh, some good we, some good uh, good Colorado honey. Good Colorado honey. I wonder if it'll get me high. Mm. <laughs> Dude, I wonder about the pollination, or if it's the I don't opposite. Know much about, uh, 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't know much about, uh, uh, you know, the, Weed. The, the marijuana plant or anything, but I understand it's crystals that are the, uh, ex, I don't know, the accelerant, you, you know? Yeah, well... I'm wondering they, how, like, that gets pollinated or any of this other stuff. Well, basically, uh, you're you're kind of on the right direction, but it would be funny if, like, what, if he, what he's applying, that if it's going to reverse allergies... <clears throat> What if, like, a spoonful of Colorado honey will, like, sober your ass up or something? <laughs> well, that, that's an excellent way to segue yeah. into, into our mirror universe. Into the mirror? Not yet. Not yet. Cause before not we... yet, but let me tell you, that is the way to segue that one. Well, bring it up again, man. Uh, I was, uh, I, I worked pretty hard <laughs> on, a, on a bunch of different projects this weekend, but I, 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 I watched a lot of horror movies that, like, were... Yeah, what have you been watching? Well, I watched the ones that I that I hadn't seen in like probably like ten, fifteen years. Uh, mm-hmm. That I remember mm-hmm. being pretty intense, and um, like I watched Hostel. Of all of them that I watched, oh, I, I watched yeah, a few. Of them. No I watched way. Hostel, and I watched uh, The Hills Have Eyes remake with a uh, Buffalo Bob. Oh. Mm. Buffalo Bob, Buffalo Bill from uh, from uh, Buffalo Bill. I, I always get mixed it up with uh, Buffalo Bob from Joe Dierte. Um, Joe Dierte. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna look that up because I want to know his real name because that actor is he's he's awesome. he's awesome. He was in Monk. He was in a bunch of other stuff. Monk, yes, yeah, he was it, the chief of police in Monk. That's what I was gonna get at. Yeah. That dude is fantastic. Um, I watched. I first I watched Hostel, and mm-hmm. it took me almost three hours to get through it. I'm, I'm gonna get through it. I loved this movie when it came out. Like it, it, there, yeah. it, it like the 23 year old me was like sweet. It starts off, and I'm I'm quoting a movie here, and if you guys know what I'm talking about, it starts off as a relative, relative, relatively sleazy bit of pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're in they're in Czech Republic. They're in a few different. They go to Botslavia, I think. Botslavia, something like that. It was I think it was a made up country. And I'm not he, sure that's a real country. Yeah, where mm-hmm. uh, where uh, they are promised the the best pussy they can possibly imagine, and it reminded I'm like I can't believe I like this movie. Well, this is boring, and it reminded me of. Uh, <laughs> did you ever watch Bordello of Blood? Uh, wait, I'm really racking my brain on that one. What? Corey, yeah, I, Corey Feldman, really Dennis Dennis uh, Dennis Miller. Um, well, like <laughs> Dennis Miller, I love Dennis they, Miller. Yeah, well. <laughs> They would entice Wait, people. Cancelled? No, Dennis Miller did not get cancelled. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, in that movie, Bordello Blood, like the the young guys would be at a bar and there'd be this crazy asshole. You guys want to get some of the best? God damn, plus you have had. And you know, they'd be like, oh hell yeah! And then, so well, that's what, what year did this come out? Uh, Bordello Blood, I want to say probably like what ninety six, ninety seven. That sounds about right. And, okay. Um, and uh, I could be wrong, uh, but uh, it's it's I'm I'm close enough anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get enticed there if you haven't seen it, and then of course you know it turns out to be a place where people go to pay to torture people to death, and uh, it was it was so yeah. fucking boring. Like like hostile. He, it's torture porn, it, like the whole genre. It, it was so fucking boring, and, and the funny and bring it up because I like I finished the movie and I posted on Facebook and I got lit up. Mm-hmm. Rarely do I get like, you know, lit up on Facebook, um, where I get a lot of responses. But I posted. I never realized how fucking boring this movie was, and I got a shitload of responses. Like, dude, were from, they hate responses? No, no, they were they were all agreements. <laughs> 
That is awesome. They were all who's in this thing. Uh, okay, so Jay Hernandez, who plays uh, Diablo in the first Suicide Squad movie, is the main character. Um, there is a guy that I believe was in Ballers that you'll recognize from a bunch of different shit that was the other American that actually paid to be there. And then a bunch of uh, people where they were filming in Prague. And ah, some, Prague. some some no-name, like, you know, Euro, Euro people. And, um... Sure. It was just really boring. And I bring it up because I wanted to segue into... The uh, idea of because um, uh, Eli Roth, who directed and wrote that movie, um, has been doing a really, really amazing uh, documentary series on the AMC network called History of Horror, where he gets as uh-huh. many of like because he's got the name, so he gets the stars on there. Like he, he he gets the like directors, he gets Rob Zombie. He doesn't get the guy that worked with Rob Zombie um, talking about the movies. There was one that I watched right after that uh, about. Um, Psychic, psychic powers. Movies based on psychic phenomena. Ooh, yeah, those were that was a there was a rash of those in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, just didn't understand the concept. Correct, and you know they're talking about Firestarter. They're talking about yeah. Carrie. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was was really uh, fortunately. I don't want to say unfortunately, but like a lot of it was pretty Stephen King centric. They even had Joe Hill. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I never really thought of them as psychic phenomena because it was just I just accepted it as it was. When I watch a horror movie, I'm just like, okay, just give me what you got. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. But um, they they actually talked about Beetlejuice. They even had Gina Davis. And really, they even had Gina Davis, and she's like, uh, the funny thing is, just a little bit of trivia, uh, is that when people come up to me and like, I love your movie, ninety nine percent of the time <laughs> they say that to her. They're talking about Beetlejuice. She's like, I guess they don't know him in, in other movies, but um, she was in a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Long Kiss Goodnight she was, was in awesome. A TV series. <coughs> yeah, movie is terrible, but it does have some memorable it, elements. It, it, it's yeah, it's it's like Con Air, but but uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, and um, but I never, I never, I was so accept. I saw that movie in the theaters when it came out, and I'm not trying to dominate the conversation. Wait, which one? Which one? Beetlejuice. And uh, yeah, my mother took me to see that. I was a blank. Say it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and um, I never thought of it. I never thought that Lydia was a psychic. It never She's a medium, isn't she? It never occurred to me that she was a psychic because I just That's took it. Fascinating. I just took it as it came because the, what I heard them say was the the living normally won't see the dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. what, what does that mean? And like, it doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't say. Yeah. I never realized that. You have that. to get the book. Huh? You have to get the handbook for the recently deceased to be uh, able to understand it. Unfortunately, that book has never been correctly written. Every time you buy it, just hoping that there's going to be some sort of someone trying to, it's just a fucking journal. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a new copy of it, or there's a new iteration of it out anyways. And uh, I have it. Um Oh, okay. Of course I do. Um, but I never thought of her. <laughs> I never thought of her psychic. I just thought that she just happened to be sense, someone no. that was open enough to to the living and the dead that that the, there'd be no veil. Oh, like, or, yeah, or, or I like I like this actual. I like this direction you're going with this because it's different because it's it, she just perceived herself as being unusual and strange i'm not sure yeah. if i'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. if i'm quoting that properly 
But like, she's like, oh yeah, maybe that's the case. But she found the handbook and she read it, didn't she? And she understood it. Yeah. Well, of course she does. And um, I, 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 I wish I, I, like, we had started Minefields like ten years ago, so we could have been on that show, and I could have argued against it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that you know that he was. It was a psychic phenomenon. They, they they played him off as a ghoul, and that kind of offended me. Because um, oh, uh, uh, Michael Keaton's character in the movie, yeah, yeah, whose name we shall not say, so that we don't activate him. Oh, trust me, I've tried it a million times as a kid, man. Uh, this, <laughs> this this scar on the back of my head in, uh, is uh, when I was uh, I want to say six and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, that's actually a true I'm story. Trying. No, that's actually true, that's actually a true story. I was playing Beetlejuice with uh, a girl on the playground, and I told you the story that she. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, well, not to make it sound weird, I, I found out later in life that the girl I was playing Beetlejuice with, for if you guys haven't caught up on anything I've ever mentioned before in any of the shows recently, um, she was an imaginary friend. I fell off the uh, entrance to the neither world that we would play on. It was a bit of playground, unused playground equipment where we could play um, unmolested by other kids because sure. we didn't... we didn't fit in and I fell off of it entering the entering the neither world and then uh when I went back to school a week later after I fractured my skull um I couldn't find her and I I assumed that she'd probably moved because we were air force and then uh in college I all of a sudden in a poetry class woke up um because it was boring as shit and I had those fucking Jack moments like handing a beer to nobody, arguing with nobody. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just, just just cut it short. Um, I always thought of him as Rumpelstiltskin. Um, okay. Like 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 a take on Rumpelstiltskin. Um, in terms of like if in it's if you know anything about paganism, Wicca, voodoo, like knowing the strength of what's in a name is very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, there's that. Um. So that's, I've been trying to, and the whole reason I'm talking about this is I'm really tired of all the shit I've been putting in my head. I'm like, I kind of want to be done with like horror comic books. Like I I read Refrigerator Full of Heads. Uh, I was really excited because that's, it's one of the uh, DC curated um, black label, Joe Hill label. Joe Hill is actually uh, Stephen King's son who goes by Joe Hill. Uh, Everyone knows that now that he's, Stephen King's son, but when he started, he started as Joe Hill so he could make himself his own name. Right on. Which is, which how's he doing then? Very I don't well. Know if I've read any of his stuff. That's dude, good news, dude. This guy's a this guy is remarkable, and and I love the fact that he was steadfast in it. Um, I also like they also talked about The Shining. I never that that book is actually based on because um, it's one of Stephen King's earlier novels, like the first one being Carrie as Stephen King. Yeah. Um, not Richard Bachman. Um, it, it, the Shining is actually where Stephen King took himself through the fear that his alcoholism was going to destroy his family. That makes sense. And yeah, that perfectly works. Especially if you think about it, like you know, like the first thing he got from the the, the butler that showed up was a drink. Was a drink. <laughs> it was, yeah. a, was a drink. And he's like, here's the five miserable fucking months on the fucking wagon. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, in the Simpsons version, the shinning, 
Uh, Homer, you know, they there's no beer in the place, there's no TV, and he goes to the bar, and Mo shows up, and he's like, listen, Homer, just waste your family, and I'll give you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I I, I wanted to share this with you because, like, I feel this is, like, a really big turning point in my life, like, where I, mm. I, I'm still going to enjoy horror, but there's, I, I got that, um, my friend Donner graphic novel in a dollar bin the other day, and I read mm. it when it first came out, and, but now when I reread it, I was like, why do, like, I don't want this in my head. Dude, I get the same thing. There's a certain point in my life, I feel like, I, I you know, I was living in the city. That's what we call Oklahoma City in Oklahoma. Um, and Even uh, if you live in Tulsa, if you're living in the city, you're living in Oklahoma yeah. City. <laughs> yeah, as if Tulsa's not a pretty reasonably sized city. Right. If it's on a if it's on a Soviet nuclear target map, then it's a city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, I'm living in OKC and I'm hanging out with the crew that I was hanging out with at the time. And oddly enough, I think I ran into you a couple of times, but we really didn't even cl- like notice one another. And uh, and uh, I remember that was it. Like we would go to people's houses and watch horror movies and stuff like that. And I get to the point where I was like, some of this is cool. Like I get these vintage zombie movies; these are entertaining, or uh, you know, something going on with I, like Donnie Darko. I, yeah, it wasn't really a horror movie, but it was it was wasn't really a pleasant story and Correct. stuff like that. Like the, the stuff that we were getting into and I got really heavily into apocalyptic visions at that time period, the idea, the absence of rule of law. And um, <clears throat> we get into that whole business and then people got into the torture stuff. And I was like, man, I don't want this at all. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to do this. I spend enough time thinking about uh, World War Two the things that Japanese, uh, the Imperial Japanese were doing to the occupied territories in the, in the Pacific area and the Japanese, what was it? The East Asian co-prosperity sphere. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the Nazis, the, the Soviets, I was just like, let alone whatever that the United States would have been doing to anybody or any of the other allies for that matter. And I was like, that's freaking real. That's awful. It's real. This stuff really, really? truly happened. Yeah, it did. And then, like, there's enough in the real world for me not to gravitate towards horror movies. I enjoy the... Um, uh, Creativity? Rob Zombie movies. I think those are awesome. Like, I really do yeah. like those movies. He's, and there, I really to, did. he's there to entertain. They're entertaining. It's fun. They're he, fun. I'm interested. 100%. To take the characters, the villains... And be like, you know what? I'm kind of sad that, you know, they were really seeing this editing with Freebird, you know, and how they're going out in the blaze. Like, yeah, that, it's still awesome to watch. But like even recently doing this Sex Pistols TV series, there's a scene in one of the episodes where they're at a um, they're at a uh, drive in theater and they're watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I had to revisit that movie and I was like. This is an this is a horrible horrible thing, and the kids. It was fascinating. The kids playing the Sex Pistols are these really wonderful, like upstanding young actors 
who have never seen anything like that before. And they were like, what the hell? They're watching this and they're like, they're playing these characters, these, like, legitimately, John Lydon, Sid Vicious, they're not good people. No. You know? I don't know if John Lydon, John Lydon's a, you know, whatever. He's a very self-centered person. He's self-aggrandizing. He wants the limelight. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. I get that. He, I don't think I don't think he's really a good person. I'd love to meet him and find out for sure. Sid Vicious, not a good person. I don't know about the rest of the band, but like, well, he did kill his girlfriend. <laughs> that's yeah, presumptive. I really, you know, I don't know. We didn't get to try him to find out, but like, yeah, I mean, these are these these kids are playing these bad characters, and they're looking at this and going like, man, that is messed up stuff. Like I've never seen this before, and I'm like, it's I guess it's because you guys are like 20, 21, yeah. and whatever, and they're English, and that was like we're just not seeing this in England or something, and and it's like. Uh, yeah, man, at a certain point I got there and I was, I don't want this stuff in my head anymore. I remember being that young and being like, someday I'm going to have kids and I don't want to, I don't want to mess myself up before I've got kids. I have to protect my brain. Yeah. And, uh, even now the crazy thing is right now I'm desperate to show my son, my, 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 my 12 year old. I want him to watch aliens. Oh man. Dude, I don't care about Alien. I don't care about any other ones. I wanted to see Aliens. It's too awesome, you know? If you don't mind, if the the stars align, I'd like to be there uh, (laughs) when that happens. I actually pre-ordered the the Nerf Blaster, um, the Pulse Rifle. You did what? You pre-ordered it? Yeah, have you seen it? Uh, I think I heard that they're doing this, but uh, yeah, I should totally... I should totally uh, look into grabbing that. That just it's, sounds it's two hundred it's two hundred bucks, and I'm not going to pay five hundred dollars for it later. Oh what? Yeah, I think that's a thing. Like pre-order stuff and get it. Yeah, yeah, because it's it. Everything is going up in value. I cannot believe how much Legos are flying through through the roof on on uh, on cost for for just stuff that that's retired. Did you but still yeah, man. did you still want a Matt Hardy? Oh, I can get a Matt Hardy. I've seen Matt Hardy's the AEW action figures. I've seen them around. I can get those. All right, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not seeing those things like just gone. I think that the uh, stock has finally come up. I, I don't know if you guys know it. I've never met Matt Hardy. I love Matt Hardy. I love his performance acumen. I love him as Team Extreme. I love his team ups with his brother. I'm a little apprehensive about Jeff Hardy because, I mean, I just don't think he's ever really going to kick the uh, substance abuse issues. But i i got a lot of I got a lot of hope for him. But Matt Hardy, I think, is an astonishing performer. He's an astonishing like character actor. What, this stuff they're doing with him in AEW, what is he, Mr. Moneybags or something like that? Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for a Matt Hardy personality. But that's the fun thing is like, have we ever seen, have we seen Matt Hardy except when he was a guy in the nineties kicking ass with his brother at, in the big, in, in, in like the, the most legit tag team ever. Yeah. Like, but I mean, have we ever seen actual Matt Harvey Hardy? And then ever since it's always, he's been broken or woken or well, you, you, you weren't, know. you, you weren't watching when Vince thought it was a good idea to write into the actual storyline. Dude, that stuff is sick. Yeah. Sick. We're, we're, they, they were, they were calling him and I'm, I'm not saying this to disparage him in any way. I have utmost respect for this gentleman, but mm-hmm. unfortunately a large part of the, um, 
wrestling community referred to him as Fat Hardy because he 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 found a bottle. Wow. He and yeah, yeah, he, no, I get he, that. He, he and I'm not disparaging him in any way. A lot of, like it happens to the best of us. He found a bottle when his girlfriend, he loved with everything as part of him, uh, left him for for fucking Edge, and then then he had to he had to put it over. <laughs> he had to yeah, no, he, that was the char- yeah, yeah, that was the situation. Yeah. And I've seen him be a little bit out of shape since I've come to adore him as a character and a performer. And then he went away for a while, and he came back hardcore, like absolutely fit, looking built, uh, looking appropriate, and being capable of doing the work. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I don't know how old he is. He's definitely older than me, and I know there's a lot of stuff he does that I couldn't do, even in my right. prime, you know. But, but uh, I, yeah. I, I, I digress. I, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not giving up horror films. I'm giving up. Bullshit put in my brain. Um, yeah, like yeah, the, the, the same way I I have to go to like nine different places to get actual figure out what actually is really happening in the world at the same time. That's a chore. We I still have to know what's going on, but I don't need my friend Dahmer in my head. I don't need refrigerator full of heads. Uh, it's yeah, just it's, some of it's, that material is really it's, horrifying. It's, it's not that it's horrifying. It's it's just fucking stupid man like like <laughs> and, and you're so spot on like i'm not gonna give up like well rob zombie movie like like uh a lot of people had a, a lot of trouble with uh lords of salem which is uh his uh third movie oh well actually oh, technically okay. technically fourth if you don't count the uh elephanto whatever beast mode whatever the fuck it was, it was stupid um there was a cartoon um it it's a witch movie, man. It is a disturbing ass witch movie, and it's it's not made to turn you into a witch or glorify the devil. It was superbly shot. Everything was art. It it like mm-hmm. the, the the right uh, frame of mind to entertain, but also terrify was there, like with Hereditary. But um, the the one thing I love about the fact that, like, okay, so there's these stray thoughts, like, you know, like, it'll actually affect your psyche, but it never happens with the things that we are never going to give up, like Star Trek. Like, like... It's a, yeah, it's a wholly different experience. It's meant, it's meant to improve, it's meant to inspire, like, uh, we all have our own individual captains, we all have our own individual favorite characters, like I was telling you today, because we're about to talk about Mirror War. I, I, I wasn't going to buy this issue, but I saw a variant cover uh, that was all Barclay. And mm-hmm. there was no way I was going to pass up Reginald Barclay. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but it was a great story. And how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about the – do you want to talk about the, the proceeding? Yeah, let me lead you into it so or, that you or can do, understand. Do you want me to tell you yeah. – well, let's, let me just lay it out. You want to do? You want to do first? Lead me into it, and then I tell you what I read. Let me lead you in, and All then right. we'll talk about the comics because there's a lot you're not understanding here. So, okay, so what? What or the Minefielders are listening? Our listening body may not be aware. Like Joshua only started listening or watching Star Trek in the last couple of years, and he's pretty much watched all of the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who may or may not be aware. There is an evil mirror universe in Star Trek that the next generation never once touches on. So uh, 
The um, <clears throat> and that the unfortunate thing is that this IDW series, for all of its awesome intent, it uh, it's it's apocryphal. It is it everything that we have, re- have been reading here is not uh, it's 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 not even beta canon because the beta canon and the alpha canon mesh together. Yeah. And uh, and uh, this is this is total fanciful storytelling, basically. So, in the original series, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, etc., um, there is an incident when they're at the Halkin planet, and they the, the away team beams back, but they find themselves beaming back to a dark version of the Enterprise, the ISS Enterprise, the Imperial Starship Enterprise, commanded by Captain Kirk, James Tiberius Kirk, as it were, and uh, First Officer Spock, who has the goatee and everything. And we find out in this alternate reality that the evil Terran Empire did not spread out in a humanitarian fashion, an exploratory fashion. They conquered everything that they could around them, including the Vulcans, including the Andorians, any of the other alien races that are nearby. And they eventually brush up against the Klingons, the Cardassians, and other known volatile races, the Romulans for that matter. So we don't touch on this again for decades. Uh, In that storyline... Mirror Spock mind melds with Dr. McCoy and finds out that a Republic exists in the other universe, the regular Prime universe, and that the the Federation is a Republic, not an Empire. So in Deep Space Nine, there's an episode where Dr. Bashir and Major Kira travel through the wormhole, but they have a damaged runabout there, and that's a starship, uh, and they end up in the Mirror Universe, where the Bajorans, the Cardassians, and the Klingons have an alliance where they years ago took over the the uh, Terran Empire. And uh, so then all, there's many, many multiple episodes after this. And the one thing that you need to know, that you in particular, Joshua, need to know, because when you're looking at the cover for issue number two. And the different colors. In, in your, flip, flip to the back, yeah. One of those covers features a uh, a... A wharf. It has wharf on it. Yeah, one of those, like, it's an actual picture, and they just digitized it and made it look like a painting. More or less, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, what IDW has done, and, uh, well, okay, so let me get to that. In the Mirror Universe in Deep Space Nine, uh, Worf is the regent of the klingon Cardassian bajoran Alliance. Excellent. He is the bad guy Hitler on that end. And all of the Deep Space Nine characters and one Voyager character and 0% of the TNG crew are involved in this because they were all technically, we don't know what, were they enslaved, were they killed, were they genocided, assassinated, who knows. So uh, humanity is completely enslaved in that reality. And over time, O'Brien who is known as Smiley, and the rest of the Deep Space Nine crew start a revolution on, on Terok Nor, which is Deep Space Nine, and they eventually defeat the Alliance to the point where they 
find some kind of autonomy. And uh, these stories are carried on in the beta canon novels following Deep Space Nine. Long story long, what you've got there in IDW is a different take on the mirror universe. This idea that Captain Picard uh, would have been on the Stargazer with his crew, and then he manages through assassination and uh, ambition to get together a crew of people he thinks are valuable but not trusted to help him assume command of the new Enterprise, ISS Enterprise, which features the third warp nacelle from the last episode of Next Generation and uh, blah, blah, blah. So we've had a lot of fun reading these Mirror Universe stories from IDW, watching the ambitious Enterprise D crew go through the paces, rising in the ranks, getting a more powerful ship, and going out and doing all kinds of mean stuff. Because in the Mirror Universe, ambition, sexuality, threat, assassination, these all get you what you want. Right. And uh, so there have been multiple issues of, of Mirror Universe stuff that's been really entertaining. So now I'm going to take – now I'm going to jump in with Terra Incognita. So IDW in the last couple of years printed a killer, killer six-part story called Terra Incognita wherein the Mirror Universe version of Reginald Barkley, who you all remember was uh, portrayed by Dwight Schultz. Love him. His, he, he beamed into the Prime Universe and assumed the identity of poor Reg Barkley. Uh, he puts him in stasis in his own quarters, goes it, out into the ship. He couldn't does, have. He couldn't have. What, what, what? He couldn't have picked a better person to take the identity <laughs> of. Obviously, it makes sense he's going to assume the identity of his mirror universe counterpart. But the fact that Reginald Barclay, or is it Barclay or Barkley? Barkley, um, is off his rocker all the fucking time. Uh, <laughs> th- they're not going to question it. <laughs> like, like it's yeah, not, they it, just think he's taken on a personality change, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, he's trying to be more. Uh, he's trying to be more ambitious. He's yeah. trying to work his acumen. Uh, and the, the funny thing is that he out Barclays Barkley. He actually <laughs> comes in and impresses everybody, and he does a good job as an engineer. Reports the work on time. He has great ideas. He saves the day a bunch of times. Data is aware of it. Uh, Commander Riker is aware of it. Worf is aware of it. He keeps getting selected to go on away teams. And they find an alien race that uh, can construct starships at an outrageous pace. See, now, and this the, story the, takes place after the Battle of Wolf 359, wherein the Enterprise, like, the uh, like the Federation lost a giant percentage of its fleet versus the Borg. This is too convenient that there is, is a uh, an alien planet or not. I don't, the alien planet is not the word. It's just a planet because obviously, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we're the aliens. But at the same time, it's one of those a conveniently placed planet. Where half the planet is, uh, what are they called? The administrators. Oh, the administrators and the basics. It's like the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh, how they have the they have the the subterraneans that keep Adalon going, or even in even on Ix in Dune, 
in the Dune prequels, they have a subterranean species that keeps the keeps the uh, I don't know. The, it keeps everybody in power so they can make the highliners. Yeah, they're they're the administrata, and then the, mm-hmm. and then the builders. And, 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 and the builders. And they're on a planet that just happens to be in Klingon and Cardassian, like, like, you know, borderlines. Like they're basically yeah. That there's a planet within both their borders that they just didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, that's the thing. It, it's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, but at the same time, that's the beauty of it, because the things that exist in one of these realities sort of exist in the other reality. Um, and you can you can beam from you can beam from I don't know, you can beam from Quonos, the Klingon homeworld, the Quonos, the Klingon homeworld in the other reality, uh, if you have the right device that'll 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 get you there. And then you can also, depending on how well you want to do, you can go through the Bajoran wormhole from one universe to the next if you know how to do it. So there's fascinating things like that. So the evil Enterprise D crew is like, that's what we're going to do next. So the new Mirror War focuses on how Barkley gets pulled back into the Mirror Universe and uh, he is interrogated by Inquisitor Troy. Yeah, that was... Not the beautiful, wonderful, sensible Interesting title. (laughs) And uh, you might not notice, but like she said, you can tell me the truth or I can put you in there. And that's an agony booth. Yeah. It will refire. Like the agony booth is fascinating because it's something that comes from the original series. It, It tortures you, but anybody can get used to torture to a certain degree, certain pain. So it changes the pains you feel, so you can't ever get used to it. And it's like, okay, you know what? You failed to do what what I told you to do. I'm going to put you in there for four hours. It's horrible. It's going to feel like... It's a horrible thing. Is it like hell? Like where like uh, four hours feels like 40 years type thing? Exactly. It's exactly that kind of business. So anyway, yeah. So Barkley tells her the truth. She doesn't believe him, but she believes that he's telling the truth. So yeah. their next objective is to go and try to take over this planet to build a fleet, not to deal with their adversarial aliens on the border, but to take over the Empire. Take over the and, Empire. And uh, put Picard in charge. Now, before you get too far into this, I want to point out that I really I'm think... well and truly deep I, into it now. <laughs> I, I really think that the writer of this really likes wrestling. <laughs> the Scott Tipton and Tipton Brian Tipton. The, the the flip versions of these people are the most ridiculously but obvious like it writes itself uh, versions of themselves. Okay, yeah, it's ob- true. It's true. Obviously, yeah. Data is part Borg. <laughs> oh, he he. They you got to appreciate that they at some point attacked the Borg. And defeated the board to some degree enough for him to be like, I'm going to uh, accumulate board components in an effort to um, make what, myself stronger and better. Whatever the reasons, God bless him. It makes perfect yeah. sense. Uh, of course, Troy is the one like, oh, of course they believe you. I don't believe what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and, I like that. And, and the, like the way you flip the page. Um, the other thing that sticks out to me is the facial hair. Um, we have uh, oh, yes. Picard, Captain Picard, forgive me, 
with facial hair, which I I don't think would have flown with him. Like the the clean cut Navy guys, like that's the, they stick by it. Uh, now you you can't remove Riker's beard, but you can give him those little beardy dreadlocks. Yeah, very piratey. <laughs> yeah, very piratey. Um, and then the the last but not least, there's no sleeves on their fucking shirts. <laughs> that's the whole thing. When you watch the original series. The only guy that's really got sleeves, if I recall, was Spock and the Doctor. I'm, I could be completely different. I could be completely wrong about that, but really, like the the Terran Empire, they did not have sleeves. They showed off their muscles because that forces everyone to be aware of how strong they are, and that's part of them carrying their confidence so that they can't be uh, messed with by people. And so- then, like. The ladies are all wearing these midriff exposing uniforms and a lot of cleavage and stuff like that because sexuality will get you what you want Correct. in that in that reality. Like it's just a matter of culture. It's their culture. It's not like orders or something like that. In fact, look at this. Is I don't know if you can see this, but that's it's out of focus. But yeah, it. they wear the they wear the sashes around their waist and. Everybody's got a dagger because you never know when you're going to have to get into a knife fight. Clearly, like everyone that. that's evil always has a, a, a some sort of kerchief, ascot, yeah. or or uh, Yes, totally. Or or, or a <laughs> hidden dagger, and you know, no sleeves means you know, villain. Um, I, um, yeah, totally bad guys. Also, and I'm not trying to be silly here. The reason why I. There's the reason why I understood this episode is because of there's an, my favorite episodes of the Rugrats is the the, <laughs> the 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 mirror universe like Dee Dee buys this big giant mirror uh, old school timey type thing and uh, they they think that if you run at the mirror because they're staring at the mirror version of themselves uh, mm-hmm. they can they can get the mirror version themselves or or maybe the other ones like you know like basically run away it flips. Uh, it flips. They hit it fast enough. It flips. It does a turn, and and it and it brings them back. And that's the mirror mm. version. And uh, that that was their portal into the mirror verse. And uh, candy coated. And it's it, it's it's so funny because the 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 dad had similar nightmares at the at the end of the the episode. That <laughs> um, uh, well, anyway. Um, I really like this, man. It's <laughs> really entertaining. I mean, you know, it's a different take on your characters that you you know and love, and it's it's like it's like Marvel Zombies. Like I read Marvel Zombies when it came out. I have all of the first first appearances. Of like what that's going for now is outrageous, and it's like, God, I don't want to see these characters I know and love being vile people. Yeah, but like in the Mirror Universe. It's entertaining because it's like I'm still rooting for these guys. I, you know, who better to control the universe than the Enterprise D crew? I mean, that's just kind of it. I'm just glad. I'm, I'm glad they didn't get too silly. Well, they didn't get silly at all. I just, I just I thought. I really don't think they got silly at all. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was an interesting read. I, I'm glad mm-hmm. that. God, and I had to tell Tony this the other day. And by the way, guys, he's he's uh, busy selling drugs to the community because you know he's a pharmacist. Um, <laughs> All the FDA approved ones. Yes. Um, it is is the fact that like I've been so anti variant culture. I'm not mm-hmm. like I hate the variant culture. Like just because it's a variant yeah, doesn't sure. mean shit. 
but there's been a lot of books coming out lately where I've been given the choice, and I picked the variant. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you talking about Loki? No, no, I'm not talking not about... Deviants, not variants. No, no, but thank you. Uh, I'm talking about, like, how uh, Ed over at uh, Ed's Comics, well, he makes goddamn sure I get the variant coverage of something that's killing the children. Not because mm-hmm. I have to have the variant issue because it's going to be $100 in the future and I'm going to totally speculate. You know, fuck that. I don't think that's happening. No, no. The, the, the variant covers of something that's killing the children are all virgin covers, and if you're not familiar with that terminology, that means there's no there's no logo, there's no proof of purchase. It's just a painting or some beautiful work of art. And um, mm. that's what those have been. Um, I got my Miracle Molly. Like I'm completely obsessed with Miracle Molly. Like, she's, like, the like end-all, be-all for me right now. And, like, you know, if I'm going to invest... Um, invest in a sense in myself investing in my investing in my collection not that I'm ever Mm going to sell my collection but if I'm going to get a first appearance of Miracle Molly I want the the regular ass version I want the fucking variant version I I, I want it to be legit I want to feel I don't want to feel like I own her but I want to feel like I'm I was there in every sense of the the aspect I made sure that like My collection's complete, because that's really what it's about, right? The completedness. Uh, to a degree, yeah. Like, you know, I for, I, I absolutely am down for completion, completion when it comes to some stuff. There's definitely some stuff that I can say, like, yeah, I want every appearance of this character or whatever else. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I so, know what you mean. So I'm not buying into it for... In, I'm going to rag on uh, a store I'm not going to name the name I've named it enough times here in, in the city um, Colorado Springs um, your city not my city yeah our city <laughs> um, the city is is it's all about variants and the the. do you know what the term remark means oh I don't no okay so what a remark is is when an artist that may or may not have anything to do with the comic at hand draws on the cover. Oh, weird. It, it, rather than just sign it, if they were the editor or the letter, <clears throat> no, they just draw on the cover. Like, like imagine, like, you got a John Constantine, you know, number 85, and some guy and that Mark knew... Bagley that, drew on it? That, that knew a guy, that knew a guy, went to a comic convention... And Mark Bagley was like, "Yeah, you pay me ten bucks, I'll I'll draw Spidey on this." <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's weird. All right, it, it's not always that that extreme. Like, you know, I'll do my rendition on the cover. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but just because Stan Lee drew on your comic, wrote not not drew, but oh, science, he may not science, have had anything to do with it. Not not only just that. Good point. But I would rather have an amazing fantasy. Or a uh, Spider-Man number one at a point four, then have someone write on the fucking cover, regardless of who is. Yeah. Who, so is this happening? What's the yeah, deal? Yeah, yeah. This, this is actually a thing. Like, just because Stanley signed your comic doesn't mean jack shit. Like, it might actually make your comic book less because it was worth more. Completely flawless. That that's a thing. That's the thing, but like that's not. But I don't care. I mean, that, that that's not what I do. <coughs> that's not what we do here at Minefields. I mean, like, 
I, I actually own a Remark. I have a Remark of Little Bird with um, our homies up in Canada. But they actually did those covers. Yeah. And, you know, they, they did they did some pretty stuff on it. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Where do you think this is going? Is this just a lot of fun? What, remarking? No, 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 Mirror War. Mirror War? Oh, this is, there's definitely a plot here. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, uh, at a certain point, the Enterprise crew is going to achieve astronomical heights, but it's probably going to get ripped out from under them. Uh, you know, if, if the story is allowed to progress, you've got to let people who have this kind of ambition either they've got to uh, they've got to deal with their ambition. They've got to realize that what they're doing is wrong or they have to be shown that what they're doing is wrong and decide to take the universe into another direction. Right. It's either that or they're going to achieve, you know, meteoric heights and then have everything pulled out from under them by somebody else. It's the same thing. You know, it's it's athletes in in professional ball. There's always somebody who's training harder. There's somebody that's coming in that's amazing because they're awesome as you are, but they're slightly younger and they can do something better and blah, blah, blah. That's what it is. Or it's, uh, or the whole universe is going to ally together to take these guys down, you know, and seeing how, you know, it's, it's odd because I know you didn't watch, uh, uh, the man in the high castle. Um, It is a phenomenal show that has a pacing problem and sometimes some of the protagonists just don't do anything for you. But, like, the crazy thing was you get to the point where you're sitting there watching a Nazi leader who had, who sold out his friends and, and uh, brothers in arms in World War II for his own purposes, who, who cares about his family and cares about his country. He cares about America, even though he knows that, like, he's like, okay, well, you know, the Nazis are here and they're going to take over. We can't stop that. You know, do I care about America or do I care about saving what's left of America in an effort to keep it from just getting bulldozed by these people? And it's like, you can't win. And so you have to join them, I guess. Can you defeat it from the inside? Like in star Wars, when Luke turns to the dark side and dark horses, star Wars, dark empire, can you defeat it from the inside? You know, it's that it's all these fascinating questions about good and evil. So these characters, you're asking me where I think it's going. I got like three or four different plot directions. I could see it going. What's the? It's not a matter of whether or not I think it's gonna gonna be good when they get there. It's how well do you tell that story? Agreed. That's why we do what we do. I'm just saying, like, what's what's the most? Want to go there? Which one do I think? Which one do you think? Oh man. Honestly, I think the thing to do is to is to see the thing is because I've already been I've already read all of the beta canon mirror universe materials where there is brilliant concept going on. You know, Captain Kirk, evil Captain Kirk eventually takes command of or he takes over the Empire, but Commander Spock like Spock has the Enterprise, but he has the Tantalus field, which I didn't say anything about. And he's eventually able to take over the Empire. He's the first alien to ever control the Terran Empire. And uh, even, you know, because that half Vulcan side, they're very 
um, is it jingoistic? They're very racist towards aliens. And he's an alien. He takes over the empire. And then he says, he gets a hold of his father, Sarek, and he's like, hey, look, I think what we should do is we should take this super weapon from Dr. Marcus that she's developing in the Genesis cave, and we should uh, stop it from being a weapon, and we should start making all of these things a repository for all of the knowledge that we have. Because there is no way that we're going to be able to stop our neighbors from coming in and taking over. They're going to eliminate us because we are too dangerous to them. And ultimately, if we keep a secret repository of all of these cultures, then one day the combined rebellious aspects of humanity, once they realize that they have to live with all of these aliens in an effort to survive then they can go back and they'll have this repository of knowledge and all of that culture and society will not be lost. It's a fascinating direction to go. And I think really that's like, it's stolen from uh, the foundation stories. Uh, is that Asimov? I'm so sorry not to know that off the top of my head. Cause I know Apple TV is doing a foundation series right now. It's classic sci-fi. The idea there needs to be a library somewhere that maintains everything. That's that that is a possible direction that this could be going, but it's already being told in another way. Where do I think it's going? I hope that these guys reach the top and then they lose it because they realize they have too many enemies. Nobody in a society like that can wants to see somebody have that much control over them. And that's it, man. I mean, it's the Soviet Union. Hopefully one day it's the Chinese communists. Hopefully it's hopefully we don't ever have to have World War Three because they're going to collapse from the inside, just like the Soviets did. You know, I, I mean, agree. God, God, you know, God willing, that never happens to us. But there's some awful things going on in our society right now. We, yeah. can, we can easily give up our rights for more security. The man in the high castle is exactly that, you know. I want my freedom. Yeah, you have. There you have it. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to live in a, some bullshit future state where, like, but at the same time, we already are. Like, you know, we pretty like, much are. Someone could. I was in Norman's uh, post office one day. I was wearing a. Um, I was wearing a Deadpool shirt. And this drunk Indian guy, um, native, sorry, for everyone that just got offended, uh, kiss my ass, um, I'm native myself, um, thought my shirt was a satanic symbol and went off on me. Now, I have more common sense than engage with someone that's malfunctioning, Mm -hmm. but I could have very well ended up on YouTube that day. I mean, it was, but it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was back in like what I, I want to say, two thousand and eight, and um, he, but luckily it was his turn, and you know he had business to do, and he forgot that he was messing with me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things to that, but even then, I'm I'm really just happy. I I, I wasn't like I said earlier. I'm not going to pass up a Barkley cover. I love Dwight Schultz. I like yeah, uh, very entertaining guy. Uh, when, even the, I already had a Mr. T, Gentle Giant. You know the big son bitch. 
But when uh, I worked and saved my money to get an A-Team action figure, one of the Galoob ones, um, uh-huh. yeah. uh, I picked Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked Murdoch. Like, there was a Mr. T there. I already had the ultimate Mr. T, uh, even though he didn't fit in my 18 van. Uh, I had the, the G.I. Joe size one, uh, the Ertle ones. Um, but I, there was the Galoob ones. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wanted Murdoch. He came with a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> came with a backpack. Um, I got to tell you, man, I tried to read Sea Guy. And the more I read Grant Morrison post-1999, <laughs> I, I, um, and I, I, I thought about this. I sat and I meditated for a bit. Like, am I jealous of Grant Morrison? No. Do I wish I had the talent Grant Morrison had? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I hate Gerard Way? Because that's his mentor. Absolutely, there's my jealousy. <laughs> um, but at the same time, though, um, this was this was uh, like okay, like in comparison to what Morrison talked about in Super Gods, in regards to um, how those like mid seventies, you know, Adam Warlock, Doctor Strange, Howard the Duck, Steve Gerber. Um, the books were being written, you know, they'd lock themselves in their Manhattan apartment and there'd be like 10 of them and they'd trip acid for three weeks and wake up and have a couple of scripts and, you know, (laughs) Shooter Shooter would have to, you know, do what he had to do. But, um, this is just an exercise in futility. Like, like I can see why he likes in his, I kind of, the more I see this, it was like, like a backwards Frank Zappa. Like when I found Frank Zappa when I was a kid and I got a tape of his, I was like, this sucks, but I'm supposed to like it, <laughs> but I'm supposed to like it. Right. That's what MTV and VH1 tells me I'm supposed to do. Oh, uh, I, I know what you're saying, but, but, but I don't, I don't like it. Um, I'm older now and I've heard Frank Zappa and I can now appreciate it, but it's still not, it's not, it's not Hendrix. I'm not saying you have to be Hendrix. I'm not saying you have to be Lane Staley. What I'm saying is, uh, your cultural like footprint. Um, you can either be the fucking crazy guy that, you know, takes a bunch of acid, but like he did it backwards. He did all this amazing shit, had a wonderful run on so many different, like animal man, the invisibles. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I know he's done a couple of issues of hell, Hellblazer. Uh, not, not like, you know, Warren Ellis type thing or, or, uh, Garth Ennis. Uh, but at the same time though, it's like, did this guy is this guy in a permanent fucking like acid trip? Because I don't know, man. I, I I got a different opinion of it because I feel like going from beginning to end in this three issue story, this is this isn't something that was built to be an ongoing. You know, like it would just be this would be just like a fever dream. Uh, yeah, and, and then you know, like go back and think of the stuff that was more. Uh, approachable, personable, palatable. Then this palatable, yeah. Like his X Men run, yeah. Uh, maybe Batman that he worked on, and then like go back and look at uh, go back and look at uh, Marvel Boy. You know, but, you're taking something that somebody's. There's a major precedent for how this is. So you're either going to drive all of these fans nuts with this story you're doing with a licensed character. Uh, and you're having a go, 
or you're, uh, or they think it's genius. Like so many crazy, amazing things come out of his X-Men run. This has no precedent. He hasn't done anything with this before. No, this is. Let, I'm gonna I'm gonna read to everybody uh, briefly, like the Please synopsis do. from the from from one of the issues. Okay, Please this do. is Please Sea do. Guy from 2005. A lone superhero in a perfect childlike world that's made his profession obsolete. Sea Guy has only a floating cigar smoking tuna and the cool blue glow of endless TV reruns to keep him company. When his burning desire for a taste of romance and adventure leads the naive young sailor into an unexpected epic quest across the seven seas and seven skies, he soon learns that the awesome secrets of the universe come with a correspondingly terrible price. In this time of complacency, all-knowing cartoons and all-seeing authority, is it worth losing everything just to learn what's really going on? Dude, that like that second paragraph in this time of complacency. I dig that because I feel like I a couple of years ago we were kind of complacent, but I think of during during the uh, there's been a transcendental shift in how we think and perceive our world since COVID. There was a moment where we were unified, a unified front, all of us trying to stop this. Two weeks unless to, you believe the to flatten the curve. And then, then we, uh, then we killed George Floyd. And everything went to hell. Yeah. And, like, I, I felt like I was part of a unilateral front for just a minute there. I had the Queen of England giving me a, giving a speech when she rarely comes out saying how good it will all be for us to one day see the people we love again, knowing we need to look after ourselves and we have to take care of ourselves and we have to eat this problem for a while. Even though it's like, not worse then, than the flu. And well, I don't know. And then like and then then, you know, suddenly it's like I'm involved in protests in the middle of a pandemic. And that's before there was a a vaccine and you know, the danger inherent. And it's like complacency is gone americans at least americans because i'm hearing about it in our news Compl- in our media you're, constantly you're right complacency we is it, it is gone but we yeah, don't, i don't want to work for for seven dollars an hour yeah. at anywhere but you know, I don't want to work for no no resources now saying it flat out black and white like that anyone can agree with that absolutely mm-hmm. but i think what replaced complacency is self-entitlement of a bunch of people that have had a way more fucking leisure time than anyone else to start theorizing, to start theorizing and, and to also, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time though, the second you question these guys point of view, then fuck you. You're the enemy. Also, they, they, they're the most privileged generation that's ever happened. They're, they're, they're two generations down from the greatest generation uh, 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 of all time. You know, that's a, it's a phrase, um, but uh, you—they're privileged. They—they've got their internet. They've got their—they've got their Starbucks lattes. They've got their Japanese fuck pillows. And I'm not trying to make a joke. That's—that's uh, that's the truth. They—they're—they're they're able to sit there and theorize about gender, but then you know get pissed off when the doctors at the ER are like, we need to know if this is a boy or a girl so we can do the correct care. Um, 
Yeah, don't make me make that decision. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, it, that's it's rough. That's weird. It, it's it's a lot of a, a lot of abstract thought from a lot of privileged people, and and I'm not even See, gonna let's. Let's 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 steer this though. Think about the stuff that we most admire. This this is that's a great point. Star Trek. This, let's let's go back even far. Well, I mean, let's go to the middle of Star Trek in nineteen ninety nine and watching the watching Fight Club, and reading that book, and like, it's a world of complacency. Yeah, and, and, but and this guy's too dumb. This character of Sea Guy is so. Uh, he's so addled by, or I don't know what, he's so coddled by the world. He wants to be a hero. There are other ga- costume characters all around him. They all are living in a world after the world's greatest hero, like, you know, died and, in a giant event where they stopped the greatest villainy was, that anybody had ever dealt with it was that 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 splash page that two-page splash page mm-hmm. was gorgeous it was, yeah. it was it was a it was, was a, a great page. it was a kirby it was a dying celestial with a million mm-hmm. different people killing it um yeah and falling out of the sky and crashing into australia mm-hmm. and like and, let me let me say i mean like there he has nothing to fight for and he's obsessed with a with a lady hero who um would get together with any other hero that could possibly prove their heroic acumen. And he's pining for this for this lady, but he'll never be able to do anything about it. Then there are these strange messages coming from the moon. These these bricks with hieroglyphics coming from the moon. Uh, he and his buddy get into the whole thing, and they go to a place called what called like Mickey Eyes Land, and it's like a theme this park. Is, yeah, and then and that's the sequel. They're they're dealing with Mickey Eye. Okay, uh, so. which I'll have to end up reading. The point, the reason why we got into this was because I just I found the th- I was like, oh, it's a, issues one through three, like physically, and was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna pick this up. It's Grant Morrison. And then you know I didn't realize it was the sequel, so we ended up having to find a way to get the uh, the original as soon as possible. It's just interesting looking at these characters who all had a previous like super super uh, life, and now they live in a world where they have none of that. Like the guy that he encounters at the theme park, who finds no thrill in life because of some kind of sickness he had, and all he does is ride the rides over and over and over again. Yeah, he lost his power to fly. Yeah. So Sea Guy goes out to try to figure out a couple of these things, and he's running away from these, like, stormtrooper-type goons. Uh, He tricks them, and he ends up, like, going out and having an adventure and coming coming to this giant factory ship which produces everything that everybody consumes. There, it, like that's what that's a crazy thing because when we got to that point, I started thinking. You mentioned Gerard Way uh, and the material that he's done with the Killjoys, and I'm like, it's no wonder they they appreciate one another so much. They have such an understanding of the concept of corporate uh, and consumerism and like corporate control over people. I agree. Consumption, like. Being a consumer. I mean, even when you go to Fight Club, that's exactly... Think about how crazy Fight Club 2 was, and then think about how even crazier 
Fight Club 3 was to the point where it didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Like, and I still, to this point, really can take the things from Fight Club 3 that I like, and I'm like, that's what it's about. And I, the rest of it, I just can't even get it. I, I can't went, even get it. I went to my storage bin and fished them all out, and I found my... Uh, my free comic book day, which is actually technically the first issue of uh, Fight Club One, it, like, mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to my metaphor about yeah, Zappa, about Zappa. Like, like okay, <laughs> it's 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 Dadaist art, man. So it's 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 oh yeah, it's, it's weird for the sake of weird. Okay, I get it. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to do things from the pedestal that we have put them on. And I really want to stress that the pedestal mm-hmm. we put them on to try something new. Now it doesn't always land. I am in no way criticizing. I can't worry. Yeah, yeah. I, I am in no way criticizing uh, Grant Morrison. I like it, it got to the point like where I've tried to read Multiversity like three, four times, and I've <laughs> never, I've never gotten yeah. through it. I, I, uh, it, it. I would get bored at parts. Like, it, like, but Morrison at the same point has like. A gravitas uh, in my head. He walks with that Fatima. That that if I don't get it, then it makes me feel stupid. The fact that uh, Gerard Way is his uh, apprentice, I'm jealous because I want to be that. I have the feeling I can focus that energy to something way more, um, not just culturally or economically viable, um, to to influence it. But at the same time, though, um, just because Grant Morrison did it doesn't mean it's good. Oh no, I, that makes perfect sense because you know the the threshold for good is uh, people are uh, you know obviously companies editors people are willing to give him a shot because he has. Clearly turned over a profit. Yeah, he has any number of books, and because he has taken things that may have been otherwise stagnating and found ways to make them like outrageously different, leave a mark on these products, and then force future creative teams to have to pay attention to those things because the events that took place in them were so earth shattering, and then. But, you know, you got to have other ideas. And you're sitting here, you know, it, like this tale, yeah, I don't think it's so wacky. Go back and look at, like, Flaming Carrot comics. Like, oh. That's the closest thing I could come up with. I, I, I'm, so glad you, I, I'm so glad you said that because yeah. there was a lot about this, the first two issues of Sea Guy, I didn't, I, I didn't finish uh, the third one. Um, that reminded me oh, of the... dude, I think you're missing out. It, it, I'll finish it. It, it just... Yeah. It, it reminded me of the tick and the tick made its first appearance, his first appearance in, within flaming carrot. And, um, mm-hmm. like the, the, the idea of this brand of, uh, so it, it like, you know, I, I can, uh, from what I understand, you pronounce an X with a Z. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. like the last, like throughout the tick, they, they were constantly pushing this brand called Brenda. Um, Brenda (laughs) cornflakes, Brenda, everything, Brenda, eyewash. like there's, um, and at at the end of uh, the, the issue 12 of the, the original run of the tick, um, he realizes that Brenda 
is the the enemy <laughs> that like that that owns everything. They were basically the Amazon. They they, they made cornflakes. That like they did deliveries. They did everything. They they vended meat. Uh, it, like and uh, it. Were, this brand and he eats he drinks one thing and barfs up an alien an alien life um i dug yeah, it that's exactly this uh, i dug yeah. it but still you know consume consumes zoo or so whatever they want to call it um it, it, but at the same time though i like i get that he's trying to do avant-garde i get that he get these great ideas and it sounds good to him but on paper i'm looking at this okay the uh, it was a it was a funny gag that all the Easter Island statues are just you know we're smoking smoking giant <laughs> cigarettes yeah like thanks hey, hey thanks guys no no problem man thanks for the smokes <laughs> like like but even then like okay so that was a good gag or or something he was playing around with it would have been funnier if there was like an off brand Marlboro that they wanted like if if. Like there's so much extra things I wouldn't add to it. Like like where where C guy had to like had a flashback where they didn't like this the like they wanted Virginia Slims and they wanted all the filters <laughs> cut off. Like like, like yeah. that would have been hilarious. Like a quick little montage of him having to saw chainsaw off all the filters for some giant ass Virginia fucking Slims. I don't know if you ever smoked a Virginia fucking Slim before. It will get your ass high. I think so. They, been, you know, they are, they are potent ass, hardcore cigarettes that bitches that used to watch fucking Dynasty in Dallas would smoke with yeah, yeah. around all of their grandchildren. <laughs> like, like with a, with a big giant, you remember those big giant, like marble, like, uh, like they'd be like 12 inch by 12 inch, a solid square foot of a marble ashtray. Um, oh yeah, for real. Yeah, um, there was so many extra stuff that like I felt was a missed opportunity, um, but you know I I don't you know I'm not from the UK. Um, I think the page count turns into an issue because at a certain point in issue two, I felt like there was more story in the montage component leading up to them finding this factory ship. Then there was enough of a pa- of a page count to be able to detail. That's and a, then, that's a good point, especially after the fact they took so long to develop to redevelop the sea guy and the sea guy's origin and who he's in love with. That was a really long story, uh, or, yeah. or, or or exposition. Um, get to the fuck story. And the crazy part of it too, like you know, you invent a character zoo that desperately needs to be saved or looked after or whatever, and then, like, it's just gone. It, it's like, it, it's so strange because it, it has an odyssey quality to it, an Homeric quotient where it's like, this is an episode. This is an episode. This is something that the the character that the protagonist will learn along the way and do something with it will enhance them but it's not something that carries through to the end of the story it's odd because it's like you know yeah at a certain point sea guy he's been consuming this product and he vomits up a pink little character called zoo uh that has that speaks in like very monosyllabic like language and He's trying to usher it someplace to safety. And then 
it, it morphs into something much, much bigger and starts attacking the bad guys. And Sea Guy and his compatriot have to get away. And they get away. And it's like, that's it? Like, he's not going to teach this thing to not kill or stop this thing. It's not going to get bigger and take over the world or... When does it become a problem that he has to go back and deal with or whatever? Yeah. If it was an ongoing series, they would eventually have to revisit that character. Unless they were being, like you say, so avant-garde. I never think of that term. That term never comes to my mind. But, like, I really appreciate that it's something that does for you. And it, it's the, uh, the right way to, uh, to depict this. Like, if it, go, if it goes that far, then... You could go so much farther and, like, never revisit any of that stuff. Like, no, it just had happened. It's never something we're going back to. Ah, man, you know, it's just, yeah. Ultimately, like, I dig what you're saying, that just because it's a writer that you love, does that mean that, that their work is always good? I think good is a formula, where you know where does it fall within this 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 many degrees of freedom, and um, I feel like in reading the whole thing, I got the entire picture and I appreciate it. But at the same time, oddly enough, there's elements of it that, yeah, it, you're saying that there are other things that this this either takes from or that somebody else does a little bit better. Yeah, and uh, I can appreciate that. Um, I don't know whether or not this came first. I'm not entirely sure that I care because anymore, it's like I said about the, the mirror universe thing and any number of four other formulas. Tell me, tell me the story. You can tell me the same story over and over again, as long as it's good or it has a different ending or decisions mean something, or maybe they don't, as long as there's a, you know, like consistency. So yeah. I don't know. This is a this is a trip. I'm gonna read the uh, sequel three of them and see where that goes. Let's take a quick. I'm not break, gonna man. not do it. <laughs> me, me either, man. I just gotta I gotta pee. All right, let's take a break. I, I'm so huh? proud. I'm so proud of these. I just want to show them off for a second. My 300. Oh. Hmm. I finally got my. Th- you I want know. To talk about those for a minute. I know you. I know you have it, but you you don't understand. I. I I never thought I would ever own this. I don't have that one. This, this, this I don't have any of those Todd McFarlane ones. I'm this, just not into the Todd McFarlane stuff this, as much. I never thought I would. It was Dave Chappelle made a joke when he he was getting mad at his dad. I hate being poor, dad. And he says, oh, yeah. uh-huh. he's like, yeah, being poor is a state of mind. You son, dude, are broke. Are <laughs> 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 broke. Um. All right, so I don't have a 301, but here's my 302. I got this today. Ooh, yeah. Um, now, this series I got at the flea market for $20. Uh, this is three of five. So here's 303. Mm-hmm. Uh, 304. They look good. Oh, they, they, they've never been read. They've never been touched. I don't, I don't know how I got so lucky. Oh, my God. Here's 305. Oh. Now here's uh, uh, so I uh, three o two I got today, mm-hmm. and three o five, and then I got three o six today too. This was uh, oh. uh mm-hmm. I, and I have the matching spawn variant t- 
to match this too that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part of. So I got this at the flea market as part of that that group I told you I got mm-hmm. uh, with Chameleon, and then uh, I got this one today, number three oh eight, and this was the last one I got at the flea market that was part of. Oh, it. I always number, like that cover. Number, it's gorgeous, three oh nine. He looks really good with uh, drawing Mary Jane's. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let me put him back in order. I, I'm gonna grab some water before you keep going. I'm sorry, man. I'm just so proud of these. Get canned water out. So here's 310. Let's see here. 310. Ooh, yeah. 310. Oh, yeah. So when he rang me up, I had all the way up to 323, including that Hulk cover. Uh-huh. And then he's like, 323, I'm like, ah, I've got the money, but not not now. <laughs> Isn't it Grey Hulk? Yeah, Grey Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my Crypt of Dawn. I've always wanted this comic book. Dude, I think I've got that one. It's not Cry for Dawn, it's Crypt. Mm. And here's my Witchblade number one. I've always wanted this one, too. Michael Turner. <laughs> I know, it's... I'm, Dude, I'm, I get you. I get you. And... The Gen 13, number one. No, now I'm going to giggle at you. Yeah, I'm never... What the fuck is up with Gen 13? I've, Get, I've never read it. it. I've never read it. I have no idea what it's about. I don't care. Oh, okay. Um, but I just wanted it. But, all, but all, like, I am so close to having all the amazing Spider-Man Spideys. And then I'm going to work on getting all of the um, uh, McFarlane Hulks. And then mm-hmm. I'm gonna complete my spawn collection. I'm gonna that those like after well after the 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 list on my my list for the hunt is all the maximum carnages. Um, there's some missing issues of Ice Cream Man, but uh, I mean like t- Tony goes crazy on these things like getting like every issue of X Factor. Like I don't think you really like X Factor that much. No one ever likes X Factor <laughs> that much. But you know I'm not gonna. Um, but then um, at All Seeds the other day, I, I spotted a Preacher number one for uh, 180 Whoa. And I'm just going to, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and save the money to get it and then buy the, the hardbounds because it, it will eventually, if I come across and get every single issue for a uh, single, but I'm not going to compromise on my Sandman. I want every fucking issue of the Sandman. Mm-hmm. Individual. Um Th- those are my lists, like, and, 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 like, I guess we should have been recording, but at the same time, um, the fact that those are my creme de la cremes, like, okay, if I ever am a millionaire and get Action Comics number one, um, obviously I'm going to be a, a hundred air after that, but, <laughs> um, but it's fine, but, like, I, I, the, the, the ones I care about have sentimental value to me, um, I, I, I'm glad we have Tony on the crew, but he definitely has a uh, completist mentality, but I don't feel that he enjoys the comics that he's collecting as much as I think he should, As other than Batman. Batman, he's got everything. 
Batman, he's got mm. he's got everything, but everything else is like I think he just like picks something and he just has to finish it. But these McFarlands, man, I, I've got a three hundred. This is mine. Yeah. I earn this. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> but this one is mine. And uh, when I, when I was like, listen, I can't spend three hundred something bucks today. I could have, but. I was like, I'll put him back. And he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to put him back where I found him. He's like, no, 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 let's go put it in your, let's go put it in your, uh, in your pull list, in your, in your drawer. And, uh, you can. 300 is a hard one. And you can whittle, yeah, this, this was the cherry. And he's like, you can whittle away at these as, because you're a good customer and I, I enjoy what y'all do. So that was, I get it. He was, he was being a businessman, but at the same time. Uh, he could have made the choice and said someone's gonna walk in and want these comics right away and fuck this guy. Uh, I I can guarantee you what's in my pool drawer at Ed's is sacred. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere, and that means a lot to me. But like getting these, I, I'm kind of beside myself. I'm actually glad we're not recording because it's been a long day. Sure, for we're me. still recording. Yeah, we're st- <laughs> yeah we're still recording, but like, but these. These McFarlane Spider-Mans, man, like, I can't believe I own these, man. I, I, I just can't believe it. That's a tough one. I can't remember the last time I felt like that about something. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've made some weird good deals lately, but... Uh, they're mine. I've got, yeah. I, I've got, I've got, and, and, and then to like, to round up the story, I've got all the TDK box sets that are the special editions. I have my mm-hmm. Becky Cloonan fucking Constantine sign, uh, that she drew. I've got my, uh, uh, fuck, I've got, uh, girls number one. I've got all, all of, by, by the Luna Brothers. Like, these, these guys, like, these comics, I've got all Morning Glories, like, these don't mean shit to anyone. I've got Crypt of Dawn number one. Mm-hmm. I've got a a large thing of fucking Chaos Comics. I've got uh, a full run of Married with Children. <laughs> and you got all the X Men, right? I'm sorry, you've got all the X Files. I have all the X Files, the tops. Yeah, the top ones. Yeah, uh, there's a couple I'm missing from the IDW series, and I was going through my. But I've got Witchblade now. And Ed was like, hey, I've got uh, issues 2 through 10, too. And I was like, fucking put them in a box. I want to go back to that vintage stock. I need to get my my, uh, comics out, but I want to go back to that vintage stock and buy every one of those Star Trek comics. All of the DC Star Trek, the Peter David stuff. Ooh. For that price, why the hell not? I gotta say, man, that uh, you've inspired me. Once I have uh, knocked out a bunch of shit on my list, I want all the original. I want all the the GI Joes. Dude, GI Joe, I've seen some crazy GI Joe issues lately that I'm like, I can't believe you know this is sitting around. I get that it's this price and stuff like that. Yeah, because like those those later issues in the like one forty five and up, one forty five to one fifty five had a very low print run. Uh, I did buy a box of the new Innistrad boosters. 
Okay, the new Innistrada is very werewolf-based. It is. The new, the next one is uh, vampire-based, and I'm going to hit that up. Is that Innistrad? Uh-huh, it's Innistrad Part 2 for this. Oh, that's great. Well, then uh, I'll just we'll go. Have yeah, we'll have them. Like, we'll uh, have a vampire versus werewolf <laughs> situation going on. Dude, I bought a Soren today that I didn't have. All right, all right, all right. Let's give this a clap. I'm inspired. I'm on the jazz. Okay, right. Here we three. go in three, two. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. So you know, it's one hour, thirty minutes, and twenty-five seconds. In three, two, one. We're back from uh, taking a quick wizard uh, whiskey. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a wizard magazine break. Well, uh, the dude over at uh, Mile High is saving pretty much all of them for me um, mm-hmm. because I, I don't. If you're listening, if you get them, I don't fucking care. They they, they belong to you, but uh, I want them for my archives. But um, we were discussing how the latest uh, Magic the Gathering box set is Innistrad. <laughs> Excuse me, Innistrad. Heavy, mm-hmm. heavy werewolf. Next one's gonna be vampire. That's right. Yeah, I bought a box of booster sets today. Haven't opened them yet, but the fact that it's werewolf fine, but it's still Innistrad, and the fact that the next box is Innistrad. Um, the reason I want to bring this up, obviously, we're gonna buy maybe one or two commander decks. We, it's just kind of given. Like, why? Yeah, as long as it's something that makes sense. Why, why the, not? The ones, I haven't picked up any of the new ones. I haven't. I, I especially. Uh, I, I, I. They're fun. I'm not a big fan of like three colors in one deck. Yeah. Uh, I, it, I get it. You got to learn it. I know how to do it. I just don't wanna. And I mm-hmm. haven't found anything that really called to me. The last time I, I got. A commander deck from like two years ago, and I've never used it. I got some Vampirella sleeves for it, and I'm like, I don't really like this. It's like blue and red. I'm sorry, blue and black. Um, but the one that really called to me was the one from like four years ago when I got my Edgar Markov uh, vampire mm-hmm. deck, which is now banned. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm bringing all this up is is if I, I bought a box in Estrad. I have the 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 uh, the pre-release box so you can get the official die, which is fine. I I I'm a sucker for for that sort of bullshit. But I'm saying if you buy a box of latest in Estrad, and I buy we both buy a box of Vampire in Estrad, I say we make up our own rules for deck building, and also um um how the game is played minefield style we can do this we we can yeah. we can do this especially if we make certain rules that break rules that regular mtg is fucking with and at the same time we do a sister show because morales really wants to do a because uh, uh two weeks ago they just finished the wb draft of who's going where to smack down a raw oh, where, yeah, right. where, where if we did uh you know I don't know how catched up you are on AEW, but I never miss it, um, to do a uh, fantasy draft of uh, Dynamite to Rampage. And to put it in perspective, CM Punk is back. I know you know that. But he's only been wrestling on Rampage, which is Friday nights, only an hour. And my buddy Tom uh, was like, what do you think they're doing that? I'm like, it makes perfect sense. 
Um, they've already caught the key demographic for 18 to like 27 or something like that. That's consistently beaten out WWE. Now they're doing they 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 did the Wednesday Night War with NXT. They won. NXT retreated to, to Tuesday and then completely rebranded. And it's fucking garbage. And uh, and uh, this week Raw hit lows uh, of viewership since 2003. And oh, wow. it's it's bad. And <clears throat> I'm I'm excited for it. I'm worried because I think AEW has too much of a roster um, with so many shows. We got Elevation on, on Mondays. We got Dark on Tuesdays. We got Dynamite on Wednesdays. And we got Rampage on uh, Fridays. And don't forget, to a lesser extent, we got Being the Elite that, that also shows up uh, around noonish on Mondays. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fucking content. So I say we make up the rules for the draft um, and constantly keep track. Have you ever you seen how people play uh, like uh, fantasy football? I never have. I can't get into it. My cousin was just telling me about it uh, because he does that. Does it? But no, I've never done it. I say I tried we, doing like a movie I, draft. I say we make up the rules. How to do a minefields commander deck? We make up yeah. the rules. How to, we we set the precedent for the draft for AEW. And also, Morales threw in the extra wild card, the Forbidden Door. The Forbidden Door has now been opened because Tony Khan is doing business with ROH, to a lesser extent, Impact Wrestling, and New mm-hmm. Japan. So, we can... You'll have a couple wild, call, wild cards. You can pick this guy from... from uh, like uh, Minoru Suzuki has been on AEW for the past couple weeks, or like three times. But even then, that he's been there three times more than any time that could happen. We make up the rules, we make up our fantasy drafts, and we keep track. And at the end of the year, because with AEW, points matter. Wins mm-hmm. matter. We make up the minefields rules for MTG. And we have people send shit in, show us some footage. And we, we, put, we put our crowd over. I really want the crowd to uh, get uh, I, I mentioned this to you briefly um, we, we're, you and I do this all the time but like Tom doesn't know me that well um, free me Morales um, in terms of I always have to brand something um, we go in the hunt we've got a list yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we got a list but the constant showing up on Wednesday or maybe Thursday or Friday to get our pools depending on how work's going that's the chase. That's the constant yeah, yeah, right. chase. I think it makes sense. And then also picking, like, if when we're all together or uh, two of us are together, uh, to find a good, like, local restaurant, because I've always got Bridget on me, my camera. Uh, and for minefielders, <laughs> I, I, I named my camera Bridget after Bridget from Ginger Snaps. Um, I say we think about that. I think that's going to be a lot of fucking fun. Mm-hmm. We can put that uh, on. So how do we? How do we? How do you want to do this draft? What do you mean? Uh, so it's basically like <clears throat> you. Uh, when it comes to like like NFL or uh, NCAA football, basically whoever is the winningest gets first top pick. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you want the first top pick because 
you might already have the best quarterback in the business, and you need a tight receiver. So mm-hmm. you trade your first pick to these guys over here that have dog shit that are going to give you a bunch of shit for your first pick. In which case, you hope that no one has that your scouts have been paying attention to these four motherfuckers over here because these guys you mm-hmm. want. To, to, to fill up and build up your... It, it's, it's an accelerated version of, of chess. Like, like when you play chess, you the pawns, rooks, knights, they all have the same ability. Like the, the, they don't have the same ability, but they have the same ability set to their own personal, like, idea. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the draft, you have some... You might have some holes in your, in your defense. You might have some holes in, in your offense. Your commander might suck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Your commander might suck. Now, to perpetuate us watching more wrestling, we pick our dudes, and by the end of the year, we, we give each other, we figure out, like, uh, uh, I, I found a place that, that can make a minefields uh, um, wrestling belt for 350, <laughs> for 350 bucks. That would be some serious fucking shit talking clout. <laughs> you guys are the ones who like the shit talk. I'm just like, no, nah, man, we're buddies. I don't, I don't give anybody a hard time. No, no. I got enough we're, of that we're, crap we're, in junior we're, high, we're, but I know where you're coming we're, from. We're all buddies. You're just not a, we're just around each other more. Mm-hmm. Um, I say we figure out, get a minefields belt, maybe every, maybe every quarter, every, every AEW pay-per-view, who has the best picks from the draft? Now, your top guy might have lost, but if you pick for him to lose, that means you get more points. <laughs> it's all, about, it's all like, but and then at the end of that, we figure out who's going to do it. Plus, it keeps us on our heels and toes, watching the show, keeping up with the fucking business, because you know we've we've got new era. Yeah, and um. I mentioned I mentioned to you text. I really need you there in November. I don't know what to tell you right now. Say yes. I'll say yes. It doesn't mean anything. I yeah. got to start working again. Yeah, I know you got to start working again, but you, your uh, mobster union crony guys haven't finished off enough guys. You can spare fifty bucks to get on a fucking Southwest flight and uh, get your ass I don't here. Know if that- that airline may or may not exist any long, any longer by that point. My sister, like, what is it, dude? You sent me some stuff and haven't told me anything else about it. You just said, "Hey, you got to be here," and I'm like, "I don't know what else you're. What, what, what is it?" No, I just need you here. Uh, I understand. I just need you here. You, you you've never been on the uh, production side of the wrestling business to get no. correctly on the jazz. I'm always kind of disappointed that whenever these shows are coming into my town, they don't uh, that nobody calls me and says, "Hey, dude, you want to come and work on one of these shows?" Yeah, because they don't think they can afford you or even know who the hell you are. Because these guys are fucking indie wrestler bookers, dude. Um, (laughs) No, not that. I'm talking about the, you know, the big ones. They didn't film the wrestler there, did they? No, 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 no. They totally did not. What it is that I watched the other day. Did you watch? You watched the wrestler. Yes. Did you watch? Did you see the hero? The hero. Yeah, starring Sam Elliott. Or uh, yeah, Sam Elliott. <clears throat> no, but it sounds like something I fucked up and should have watched. 
It's a sweet movie. It's got, uh, uh, oh my God, it's got Megan Mullally's husband, Nick Offerman, um, and uh, Laura Prepon, I think is her name, from that 70s show. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're restarting that. Kristen Ritter. They're restarting yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Why? 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 Listen. I hate that show. I, I, I hate I, it. That 70s show was really great for the first three seasons. That, that, that was a solid-ass show. Uh, Bonnie and Terry Turner really knocked that shit out of the park, if I said their names right. Um, it's the 90s, and they're older. It's I, I don't give Just a... don't care. L- listen, I don't they give a... They tried to make a That 80s Show with a different cast. Yeah, with, with the dude it's from fucking bond. Sonny. Then that was terrible. But... I will never. I don't think anybody cares about Ashton Kutcher anymore. No, 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 no. You know, you you gotta let me talk for just one second, and I get. Topher Grace is miserable. Like I remember a couple years ago, if I ever uh, this was like like three months into me courting him because I was not letting go anywhere. You're so questioning <laughs> why is this guy not letting me fucking not pay attention to him? Um, I'm watching Spider. Uh, no, I texted you. If I ever see Topher Grace in the fucking street, I'm going to punch him in the goddamn dick. And you just responded... I remember that. I will never forget that. You just responded, stop watching Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. However, however, here's my argument. Here is my, I think I'm right. Kurtwood Smith, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Please don't. Put your foot in my ass. I love you, Kurtwood Smith. Everything you do is gold. He would the best thing he's ever done, and he's done a lot of great things. Robocop. 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 One of the best villains. So good. So dude, so good. Dude, I was so fucking pissed you weren't with us when we were first resetting up everything for our new era. Mm-hmm. Last month. We, we we showed up early, you know, like on a Wednesday, because we set up on Wednesdays. Um we get there, like, we show up late, classic style, we fucking took a right turn at Albuquerque, whatever, uh, it's Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, we're an hour and a half late, and I'm moving a box of comics, because where we set up the ring in Mile High, which is, by the way, where Diamond used to be, in one sense of two, um, we're setting up the carpet, and we're, um, Chuck is asking us to move boxes of comic books, long boxes, and I pick up a box of comics, and this was the most strenuous thing in the world. Not because of the weight, but because I picked up this box, and as it shuffled as I'm carrying it, RoboCop IDW and old school oh, yeah. '90s RoboCop. I picked up a Good box. Stuff. I picked up a box of RoboCop, and I said, "Morales, now here." And he's like, "Oh fuck, Colin." <laughs> good thing calls and I hear you be broke. I'm like, dude, th- these are, this is all of them. And, um, yeah, and it was all of the things we covered, and I was like, oh, I'm touching it. And I was like, can you hold these for me? Yeah, we'll get, we'll get them holding for you. But, um, it, it was just the jazz. It was just the jazz. It was, we're creating, we're doing everything we can to make everything look great, and, um, a box full of fucking RoboCop comics, man. And it was funny, uh, now that I think about it, because I thumbed through a couple of them, uh, the only person that looked who they were supposed to be was Kurtwood Smith. Um, <laughs> and, and 
in the the Star Trek comic we were talking about earlier, the only one that looked like they were supposed to be was not Barclay. <laughs> yeah, they they could not really land his look in that. Book. No, no, they couldn't. Uh, but but they got a <laughs> transporter guy. Um, O'Brien? Oh yeah, they did a good job. They with got Coleman. an amazing job on O'Brien. Like like yeah. he looked perfect, and uh, you got to be there. Just uh, we'll pay for your ticket. Oh, for crying out loud! I can come up and visit. It's not that big of a deal. We, we actually uh, have been wanting to ask you about this for a while, but if that happens, that means you got to get there about a day and a half early. So we can get completely toasted when you show up, and then drive our hung asses over over to Mile High. Spend about. I do not do that anymore. What? You're not driving? No, dude. I'm not getting wasted. I just can't do it. It's physically impossible. Oh, okay. That's fine. Then we won't get wasted. Yeah, I just can't. I just that's, can't. That's fine. Just. I'm like. I get literally, it. Literally, literally, almost incapable of drinking at all. Now. It's it's okay. We won't. You can stay sober. <laughs> now, anyway, um, I got some tea the other day that you're gonna really like. Yeah, is it like liver disaster? <laughs> liver disaster. Tea doesn't destroy livers. No, it improves your liver. Oh well. It's what, uh, what was it, that it's Ramona Flowers had some in her, uh, in yeah, her cabinet. Yeah, 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 it'll do that too. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> November. I gotcha. Give me the details tomorrow. Yeah, well, we got a couple more comments. Uh, let, let me get you guys caught up on Fear State. Okay, so what's going on in Fear State right now? Give you guys the the reading order because I have been constantly saving stuff on my iPad about reading fucking orders because it's a fucking pain in the ass. All right, so we're picking up off of uh, last uh, last week. Last week's last story was uh, Urban Legends number eight, Batwoman story. So we've got Peacemaker number one, Batman Secret Files, Batman number one thirteen, Catwoman number thirty five, and Nightwing number eighty four. Now, what's going on is the fact that we're getting a lot more revelations here. Now, before this story kicked off with James Tinney and just knocking out of the park, we were balls deep in Future State. And all of a sudden, we just ended up in Future State. Like, like Joker War ended, 8A happened, fucking just Future State. Um, 8A was everyone in Arkham got gassed, a couple of guys that made it out, and one legless armless asshole makes it out after you saved a couple bitches. And by mm-hmm. bitches, I mean bitches, not chicks. Like, a couple asshole fucking orderlies. And we see this today. <laughs> um, becomes Peacemaker 1. Magistrate takes over. So, it's a, three years ago we had the Riddler story. Where uh, Snyder really knocked out of the park with Coppola really putting over a really kick-ass Riddler story. And we're finishing, like, how the hell did we just get through a Riddler story that was that fucking good? Um, mm-hmm. So, we've had a few revelations. Simon Saint teamed up with Scarecrow. Simon Saint's 
leader of magistrate. He's basically a fucked up Steve Jobs. Even has the fucking, like, jeans and the fucking uh, black turtleneck. Peacemaker has been gassed to dog shit from fucking uh, the, the Scarecrow. So had Batman. Batman fought through it. He's figuring it out. Peacemaker is on the run, but somehow Scarecrow is still in Peacemaker 1's, Zero 1's mind. It's not a thing where he's seeing horrific images that are uncontrollable. He's seeing things that the Scarecrow knows is in his head and is pulling it out of him while whispering, like, everyone is against you. I believe in you. You're the true, true future of Gotham. We we have uh, Oracle. All of her, all of her computers are shut off. Not only is shut off, but they're controlled by the Seer. The Seer has pretended to be Oracle over every transmissions in Gotham. I'm Oracle. Every, Batman's dead. Um, fend for yourself. Scarecrow is perfecting a new version of his gas to keep people in a fear state. And we mentioned this last time about how uh, political intrigue is involved. And in, in not like in a Tom Clancy sense, like uh, Simon Saint, in, head, of, head of fucking the magistrate, is in cahoots with Scarecrow. He's like, oh yeah, my, my fear gas is going to do everything you wanted to do. It's going to make your sure everyone's docile. But what he's actually doing is performing a giant experiment. Now, the leader of the Uncollective, who uh, Miracle Molly belongs to, has a machine that is a variant version of Morpheus's red or blue pill. Imagine okay. giving a, a... Like, remember the red pill? You stay in Wonderland, see mm-hmm. how, far the rabbit, how far the rabbit hole goes. Take the blue pill, wake in bed tomorrow, and believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. Now... Head of the Unsane Corporation has a machine that will erase all of your shame and all of your transgressions, but still allow you to know how to do algebra and everything you know how to do. It's going to erase all of your trauma. But mm. now, that's how Miracle Molly was born. She was basically a Tom Anderson, and her trauma got erased. Now she's Miracle Molly. She has figured out that not only is Scarecrow copying this technology, but using it against the people of Gotham on an even higher level. So while he creates a fear state in terms of like, you know, the the fake Oracle, the serious thing, like, hey, Batman's dead. Everyone's eating each other. Don't go outside. Um, Don't go outside. Everything's fucked. Um, Oracle's trying to shut that shit down. Like, the latest issue of, uh, of Nightwing was, and, and also, um, uh, let's see, going through it, in Nightwing is, Babs is, like, shutting everything down. She knows where her original hard drives are, and on the way there, she suits up as Batgirl, and Nightwing's like, what the fuck you doing? Everything in your spine is not reliable. And she's like, we're the best team. Let's do this. Um, 
there's a big scary moment, but at at the same time, she destroys everything that she's worked for. On the way there, Nightwing in, is talking to her like, "Hey, isn't this great times? Because they're in love." And but the seer is transmitting into there. She's completely hacked everything she has. Um, mm-hmm. I know where you're going. She knows where we're going. I knew she'd know where we're going. Um, or he. Um, one step ahead. Well, what what sort of technology are you talking about? Dick is talking about this technology. And um, it, it... Do you... I heard it. I heard it too. I heard it too. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Just some kind of weird. Just people outside. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't hear any glass breaking, so I don't care. They're not just people being loud. Cool. Well, on the way to destroy Oracle's technology, she reveals that in. Seer is like, wow, you 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 invaded people's privacy like no one's ever done before. So it's it's like a step above what happened in the Dark Connecticut. Um, mm. Like remember, like when yeah yeah the uh, the big yeah. uh, cell phone yeah sonar situation that all of that she she's had it set up for a, she's had it set up for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is wrong. She's like, yeah, I know, but, like, you know, it didn't really matter because I felt like it was doing a job. And, and then um, we flash to the other side. Nightwing just abandoned Bloodhaven, like, basically Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen out of Gotham. That's, he owns it, like, like, he's a big investor, and the second here, Babs needed him. Called by Seer. Um, the fake Oracle. Um, he didn't care. He's coming. He's going to help Babs. Doesn't matter. Uh, Catwoman, yeah. Selena Kyle, in the alleys. Uh, their place is ravaged by war. I mean, they're, they're basically in Sarajevo. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's 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 yeah. basically like that, and, and it's way worse. And the the problem here is the fact that. Everyone thinks that Batman is dead. Joker gas. I'm sorry, not Joker gas. Um, fear toxin is going through everything. But what's really triggering everyone is what's on the news and what's on the radio. Um, they're controlling everything. The magistrate has taken over Gotham City Police Department. Uh, they have higher priorities. License to kill. Uh, Peacemaker One is their cybernetic enhancement RoboCop that is. Mm-hmm. Gas to shit from fucking fear gas, and they can't wrangle him because he got even like like a way more potent dose of it. Um, Selena Kyle has the added chore is the fact that Poison Ivy is split into two people right now. Her id and ego are split. Her ego is hidden among the uh, foliage and the trees outside of Gotham. Love and compassion is a broken person that Selena Kyle is trying to trying to take care of. <laughs> yeah. Now, other side of Poison Ivy is like you wandered here, we're gonna kill you. Like it's 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 a it's a full on ego. She's helping all the refugees from A Day and from Fear State. 
the problem is is that all of her plants have grown beneath the bedrock of Gotham. Yeah, you were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. If Tony was. If she has a fuck this place manic episode. Yeah, she could just she could just eliminate the oh, whole oh, city. Eliminate the whole city. Yeah. So we're they we're what's happening in Catwoman right now is they're doing uh it was funny, it was it was just like the diversion tactics in the A team movie when like, okay, like package is moving oh, yeah. out. Package is moving out here in this truck. Oh, wait, wait, hold on a second. There's like 18 other trucks. Wait, this is a diversion. Um, uh, this is what's going uh-huh. on here. They need to get both sides of putting them together. Um, there's another Batman that's cleaning up on the sidelines. We have all Robin, Nightwing, uh, like uh, everything is going wrong. Uh, Batwoman tries to save uh, Batgirl, who is on TV killing perps. But uh, Seer had actually manipulated all of the television feeds and made it look like Batwoman murdered a bunch of fucking civilians. Batwoman gets there, gets her out of the fucking jazz. Uh, I know that wasn't you. I think that was false TV. She said, that's what happened. Seer shows up on every TV that they're sitting on. Like, imagine sitting on, on a ledge in Times Square and all the TVs turn on say, hey, we're watching you. And I know who you are. And I know who you are. And I know who your fucking girlfriend is. And she's already dead. <laughs> and Batwoman's got to get home. Luckily, her girlfriend, uh, um, Red, uh, Red something, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on the jazz, uh, finish these people off, but Batman is still, actual Batman is operating out of the streets. Within all pages of Detective, we've got Miracle Molly, who figures out that, uh, the, that, that, Simon Saint used to work for the same company that uh, employed the Mad Hatter. And the Mad Hatter, I haven't thought about him in a long and, time. And the lead, the lead assistant on Mad Hatter's experiments was the is the leader of the Uncollective, the guy that is offering you the ultimate red pill. Yeah, <clears throat> and that. I think that he has infiltrated this technology and it's hidden in your base was destroyed. Not what I showed you. Not what anyone knows. And they get there. Uh, there is a stray fucking henchman for the Scarecrow. Uh, powered by some Miracle Molly gauntlets. She, you know, disables them. Alright, they're disabled. Um, he's 400 pounds. I've mm-hmm. I've tackled worse. Boom, boot to the face. Boom, done. Sassel's on his fucking yeah. back. We're talking about a machine that can erase things selectively out of your mind. While in a state of fear, while everything's vigilante, we've got all these rogue assholes that still worship the Joker. Gotham is an absolute, complete chaos from every book. Every single one makes sense. It doesn't matter which one you read. You'll have a little bleep of a word or a paragraph. This happened before this. Okay, I remember that, but it does. It's Dude, not. Thank goodness when they pull that stuff. That, that stuff is awesome. I would love it when they do that. You got to get all these editors talking to be able to make it. Work. This is why I I told Ed give me your fucking fear state book, as opposed to when the last one I signed up for was was uh, fear itself and like. 
Well, here's four issues that don't mean shit of fucking X-Men. Here's some four issues that don't mean shit about the fucking uh, Avengers. Only one thing happens mm. in these four books is going to cost you $36 um, that you could easily just recap. Every little book matters. <laughs> They're all connected. All the artwork's amazing. And, yeah. and I'm still shifting back and forth after back in February when we were losing our shit over Future State. Was Future State showing what's going to happen if... I thought it was going to be a weird connection of how it happened. Obviously, it's the easiest thing. I'm thinking they showed us the fear of how bad it's going to be if we don't stop what's actually happening right fucking now. And, um, yeah, that was a bunch of bad books, man. Again, it was uh, <laughs> Batman's, uh, Batman's story, or Blizzard 8, we talked about last week. Batman's Secret Files uh, Peacemaker was... Uh, this is the last one to talk about because we talked about 113 and one th- uh, Cat 135 and Nightwing 84. Um, mm-hmm. Secret Files, Peace number one. As he's trying to escape the, the fear toxin that has completely encapsulated him, and he's not imagining that he's talking to the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow is there and actively communicating with him. This is not like some weird computer brain champ. Like, like nothing like that. <laughs> and he is he is the third generation um when they when we first met the guy that was going to become peacekeeper 01 he was a failure his his great grandfather was a uh Gotham police um uh cop or police cop stupid um and so was his dad <laughs> so was his dad his his dad, his his great 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 grandfather, uh, came from across the pond and uh, was developing the bridge that was basically connecting New York City to Jersey. And they skimped on all of the the, the parts. And his his great 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 grandfather was unfortunately part of a large group of people that uh, died when uh, this the shoddy materials they were using they were forced to use. Because uh, all they had, this only job you can get, you know, collapse, hollow concrete. I've we've seen it happen on random newsreels. Mm-hmm. Um, his great grandfather, cop. No, no, his regular grandfather and his dad, cop too. His dad was one of the cops that was on the force when Gordon showed up from Chicago. Okay, and. His dad and all of his uh, uncles, aunts, all of the people in the forest were all in Falcone's pocket. Uh, yeah, and right. this issue was a flashback where his dad brings him on on the job. Not the job, but the job job. Uh, him and his partner are about to uh, accost uh, someone on uh, the city council that is about to expose all of them about how deep they are in the pockets of everybody to Harvey Dent. District Attorney Harvey Dent. Um, things go too far. Why'd you bring your kid here? He needs to learn business. Things go too far, they kill this guy. Well, we gotta get rid of the body. Son's washing everything. That's fine. Um, flash forward to Peacemaker uh, showing up at his dad's pub in present time as he's gassed by fucking Scarecrow. 
Mm-hmm. He just wants to go home. <clears throat> Mom's dead already. He's looking at these pictures and he has these flashbacks to these things. As he comes out of that flashback, there's shock in the back. Says, Don't fucking move on. Fucking blow your brains out. Dad. Oh, shit. What are you doing here, son? And he realizes that his dad was part of the problem. His dad, his dad poisoned him the same way that uh, the dad in American History X poisoned uh, Derek. Oh, I get you. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. He, he poisoned him that same way. And, be, and then they show Peacemaker 1 meeting with fresh chief commissioner James Gordon. I see you applied six times here. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to talk about a couple things. Um, I know who your granddad is and I know who your dad is. And they were both bad eggs. And this is the sixth time you've applied, and this is the sixth time you failed. You will never be a part of Gotham City Police Department as long as I live and breathe. Your family lineage will never be police officers. And then flash forward back to, like, going to the back of his head. Dad, like, what are you doing here? And it adds to the the stack of, of commotion. We've got Clown Hunter killing all the stray fucking Joker war people. We've got uh, Ghostmaker saving the day. We've got mm-hmm. another Batman uh, with like the full cape cowl, but the mouth is closed, so you can't see that he's black to confuse you from regular Batman. I don't. That's not a racist thing. He's covering up everything to pretend to be next Batman. We're trying to avoid super uh, future state. I did mention what Poison Ivy has, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. We've got a lot of wild cards going on here. Every single issue matters. Every goddamn issue matters. You don't usually get that out of, out of storylines. Uh, I mean, we're, we're sitting here interested and simultaneously complaining about the current Star Wars storyline. Oh, yeah, Hunters. yeah. But Bunny Hunters is kicking ass. But, but, but it is kicking ass, but as long as it's the through line book, like the rest of it might not pertain. And it's like, well, how does this do yeah, anything? It's yeah, like, but it, but it's, it's not yeah. like a, it's not like a bounty hunters, uh, Doc Afra one through four side story while still running mm-hmm. Doc Afra 21 through fucking 32. Yeah. Like, like, like it's, it's all, it's something. all integrated. What the hell? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Now, I know that was a really big exposition on this sort of thing. One of the main guys helping out Selena Kyle is the Riddler. They uh-huh. find out that the uh, the person that's a seer is actually on the magistrate's floating giant like fucking UFO that is in constant surveillance uh, of Gotham. There's someone on this ship working with Simon Saint that hacked into the, to Barbara Gordon's everything. At the same time, we're still involved with the story because Tinian's a fucking genius uh, with the fact that James Gordon is in Paris right now trying to figure out where the Joker is while his Interpol friend just got her arm literally ripped off by what we first referred to Lady Bane, but now her name's Vengeance. Joker number two, first appearance. Tinian has introduced so many fucking new int- characters. Uh, uh, Peacemaker Zero One. Um, Punchline. Um... Yeah, uh, clown killer, 
Uh, I can't remember the name of the the, the Riddler's daughter, uh, but most important to my heart is Miracle Molly. Um, everything connects. Everything matters. Everything is gorgeous. The only thing, the only complaint I have is I I want uh, right now. Uh, two months ago, Todd McFarlane posted a video on Instagram like, "Hey, uh, the price is still staying the same, but by the way." It's a harder card stock for the cover, and the inside paper is almost museum quality. Same price. Same price. Like, everything Batman is, like, lighting up. And I appreciate you letting me go on that much of a rant for that long. <laughs> and, but the, it took that long to tell that bit of a story of what's happening in Fear, in fear State to avoid Future State. Um. Last little thing, I, I, I've got a, a bug to pick with journalism, is that, like, last week, everyone's like, oh my god, <coughs> Superman's bisexual now. Did you read that? No. No, I did not. Okay, Superman is not bisexual now. John, okay. Jonathan Kent, son of Lois Lane and Kal-El, he's bisexual. Okay. No big deal. I'm when glad. did they have a kid? Uh, about two years ago. Oh, maybe three. Um, I have no problem with him being gay or bi or whatever. I, I do have a problem with it being uh, a major story arc of everything. Who gives a shit what sexuality you are? Just be you. Be I'm, happy. I'm just, <laughs> just, just be you. Be happy. But all of the headlines is Superman is bisexual now. That's, you know, like... That's, that's not... Media taking things and blowing things out of proportion. It's not Superman. That's Superman's yeah. son is bisexual. But... He's three years old and he's bisexual and we know this. Every single fucking headline was Superman's gay now. I watched a bunch of these videos. Very rarely they mentioned that it was actually Jonathan Kent. His son. Yeah. It, it was all hype. It was all clickbait. They they clickbait everything. Like they, they didn't say son of Superman is bisexual. It said That's it, just it, what it's, they're gonna do. It said Superman is, is bisexual. Mm-hmm. And and of course a lot of people responded because they didn't understand. They thought like uh I think uh mayor of Miami or <laughs> Some, so, yeah. Someone in Florida was like, oh, no, uh, Superman and Lewis Lane, um, Lewis are, Lane. are the are the true... Ah, you missed it, man. Just, uh, we're not talking about Superman. Superman's from Krypton. We're talking about this dude that he fucking <laughs> shot a live-ass round in the Lewis Lane, and <laughs> they had a kid, and he just happens like boys. If you make the story great, awesome. If you don't, then fuck I, you. If the kid is three years old, I just don't see how... He's already he's already like 14, 15 years old. There's been a bunch of like him and Damien Wayne and stuff. It's actually really good. Um, uh, not that I would suspect it to be bad, but I'm just saying like this, this sort of uh, mishandling I mean, If this is things, the story, it doesn't make any difference to me. The yeah, story it, is, hey, let's push this character's sexuality into the forefront of everything we ever do with him. It's just, that's trite. It's useless. It doesn't... Trite. Unless you've got useless. a guy whose superpower is 
uh, like relate, like I can take people's, I, I don't know, some idiotic no, no. thing. I've seen dumber powers than like, oh, you're gay, then I control your mind or something. Uh, like I'm only commenting on the fact knows. that it was much like, like the, none of the none of the headlines say Superman's son is bisexual. It just said yeah. Superman. Um, yeah. Well, let's move on, man. What do you got next? Yeah. I'm going to finish up with some Kang. Uh, we got Kang number three. Uh, I got to say, you know, we talked about some pretty spacey, weird stuff tonight when it comes to uh, very heady stories. Kang is where it's at. I got to say, a couple of years ago, not even a couple of years ago, it's like last year maybe, we were reading Silver Surfer Black. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Uh, it was so surreal and psychedelic the artwork was fantastic the story was really i mean it was very out there and it was super cool and it made me looking for look forward to null being a big deal in the near future and then of course they blew that because i just couldn't give a rip um i just didn't do anything for for me just the build up out of that six issues was phenomenal and then they just okay well you know you guys blew it um, and, uh, I, I mean, this book is, this book is where it's at for like the best quality artwork that they've got going on in Marvel right now, I think. And, uh, uh, it's, it's just that there's so much going on in most panels that it's hard to even discern it. It's hard to figure out what the heck's going on sometimes. So you have to be you have to be reading it, but the whole time, I, I just I miss the old books where somebody was thinking to themselves, and they would say what they were do. They would say something, and somebody would think, and somebody's saying what they're doing, and that, that it all pertained. There are so many books now where there's dialogue going on with simultaneous like voiceover storytelling from a character. And I'm like, how much of this is relevant? How much of this am I supposed to be reading? I'm supposed to read all of this? Do I read it all? Do I read all of the purple boxes of of internal dialogue and then go back and reread the entire book in just, like, spoken dialogue? Because it's it's getting confusing. Like, it's reading two books for the price of one, maybe. It's really – it's just – it's too much information. And this trend – I need this trend to go away. Like, go lot. back and read old Spidey. Go back and read old Shield. Go back and read anything in the '60s, even in the '80s. Characters are thinking things. They're saying something. They're thinking something else. Sometimes it's pertains. Sometimes it's the same thing. You know, these characters are like self-depreciate, self-deprecating. Sorry, like in their thoughts. And oh, I can't believe I'm talking to Captain America. Hey, Cap. You know, it's just simple stuff like that. This is just reading two stories at the same time. And sometimes what they're saying pertains and sometimes they don't. That's my complaint. Like the book on I its would own always is complain still about amazing. that. I would always complain it's about this sort of thing. I'm, I'm just it's over, guys. Stop doing that. Um I I appreciate the book still. It is way, way forward thinking and it is uh i mean basically we've got you know you got nathaniel richards who becomes kang 
confronting Kang at the at where we left off was it in Avancer Apocalypse. Nathaniel Richards had been put through the ringer in a mind control thing by Kang, fighting Apocalypse forces to the point where he finally broke free, and uh, he wants to take revenge on Kang by, uh, you know, approaching his enemy. He does, and, and Apocalypse sends him into the future, it's, which is essentially the past, which is essentially the future. It's just this loop. Right? Correct. He sends him to the point in Avengers, the original Avengers, I think it's Avengers 2, where Kang arrives and the Avengers have to deal with him. And so Nathaniel Richards goes to that moment and sneaks into Kang's time ship and threatens him and it's too late. The Avengers have already kicked him off and he's leaving. And uh, then, so he's got his gun trained on Kang, but then Dr. Doom shows up and Doom is like, dude, you know, I'm not going to let you guys get away with this stuff. You threatened me one time. I was infuriated and I'm going to get you. Hold on this one. Mm -hmm. After what happened in the last couple, two issues of Fantastic Four, where they did the Kang thing, and uh-huh. you know uh, Reed Richards did the big swerve about which Kang he was. Um, he tricked them all. I was confused about that. That they would so readily accept that there's a new Kang that showed up within their hit their or his. Uh, outside of space, within the time folds, anything mm-hmm. goes wrong, everything is is fucked, and, and and Reed tricks Kang and you know you know saves the day, um, but earlier in the issue when he introduces himself, which one are you? He's like, I'm, you haven't met me yet, and oh, I like of, that. That's cool. One of them said, Victor. Yeah. The supposition is that that Ramatut, Immortus, Kang, one of them is of relation to Doctor Doom, or Doctor Doom is one iteration of them, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that they are related somehow. I think that's what we can take from it. Okay. I, I, because, I, I wanted uh, that from it. Yeah, I think that's what the, what there is to take from it, because... The you know I could see Doom hating another Doom throughout time so much that that would be his primary villain or his primary arch nemesis that he's got to deal with. It, so it, much would, so it, would, it would have to be about about Reed Richards or anybody else. But like he he despises Kang because Kang has a power that Doom doesn't have, which is dumb because Doom has that power. He, it, I loved him showing up and being like, ah, oh, blah, 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 I have time powers and I'm technological, but you guys don't realize I'm also magical. And it's like, of course they have to know that, but how do you counter that? The thing is, you've got Nathaniel Richards and you've got Kang having to battle down Doom and neither of them can take him themselves. They have to join forces and then Nathaniel turns his gun on Kang and blows him away. And he just keeps shooting him. And it's all because Kang eliminated Ravona, who he'd fallen in love with in ancient Egypt. Right. But when he gets whisked into the far future, Ravona is there. I think that there it's it's the same kind of like 
Ravenloft storytelling with Strahd. It's the same type of like thing where you're just going to keep you're going to keep encountering the same woman throughout time, or someone's going to be born who looks like them. It's dark shadows. It's uh, it's just any number of stories. I don't know why they're both gothic horror ones that come up, but the idea that you're going to keep being tortured by the same person appearing over and over again or something like that. And uh, I love it. I've always loved that. So, like, they're, they're playing a trope that I can certainly dig, and it doesn't, like, the thing that gets me is that this is killer storytelling that, in essence, however much this matters to the Marvel Universe, it doesn't matter equally because it's time travel and dimensional travel, and any one of them can be Kang. There's no part of me that can keep up with the amount of looping and time traveling and who's what. Am I still Kang or am I a different Kang? Not, or, not in the least you bit. Know, not in you least cannot bit. wrap your head around this. Like even the Kang at the beginning of the story that was a drunk and trying to teach him something. Like I don't care if that's the Kang of ten decades from now or six decades from now. It could be any Kang. You just stick an alternate universe symbol next to these guys, and you know that this is just this loop. And it's the same thing, like even going back and looking at the Loki series. You know, Kang could be portrayed by literally any actor. It never has to be the same person. never has to be the same gender. It doesn't I'm, have to be the same anything. Just like Loki and all those variants, it's all the same thing. Any Kang can show up at any time and be the best good guy, and I believe it more than Magneto. Magneto... That's a bold statement, man. <laughs> dude, I believe that any Kang could show up and say, hey, I need your help. I need the Illuminati to come in and help with this thing, blah, blah, blah. We can't trust this Kang. And in the end, they're like, we could, we did trust this Kang. Like, it worked out, and blah, blah, blah. Because we had to stop, like, six other Kangs. You know, or we had to stop Dr. Doom, made it, you know, with Kang or whatever. The reason why I don't really feel like Doom and Kang are ever one and the same is mainly going back to Infinity War number five back in like 1993 or whatever, where uh, Kang and Doom team up to deal with the Magus. That one issue is like I, that's like a groundbreaking book that like finally pairs them up in a good we, way. We we went it's through awesome. that. We covered we went through that. that. Yeah, we, we that was a we covered that. It was kick ass. That was really like, kick ass. Learning all of that. Uh, I gotta yeah. say though, I think that the American public is in no way ready for King. No, we really just aren't. And I mean, that's the crazy thing. The, the, we're planting seeds for fascinating. MCU storylines in, uh, you know, all over the place. We're planted with for villains. Who's the next villain? What's what's going to catch? What's going to take? What are they going to love and what are they going to hate? And then what are we going to go back to? Because somebody's got a really good story. You know, oh yeah, who's going to propel this one? Is it going to be uh, a Fantastic Four movie? Is it going to be an Avengers story? Kang could show up in every... Like, you could have a flagship... FF movie three years from now or three movies from now and the next two Avengers and Spider-Man, it doesn't matter. Doctor Strange, Kang could show up in literally every movie and be a problem or a helpful thing or a hindrance and have some masterful 
multi-puzzle piece sequence that gets us to Kang. Kang should be the next Thanos level villain, period. And uh, if not that, and you've got to get Doom in there. Like, it's got to be. We can screw off on any more X stuff. Like, this could do, you could do this whole thing for all of phase whatever we're in. I have no idea what phase we're in. And, and, it, and Kang could be the villain in every one of those movies. And then Loki come in and save the day at the last minute, a la Green Goblin shooting the Skrull Queen. It, you know, and just like be the world's the world's finest superhero or something like just any wacky shit could happen. Right. And like, I, yeah, I'm just saying like Kang, you're right. Nobody can. And that's the crazy thing. I don't think even when they were writing Kang in Avengers number two, that anyone really knew what they were doing with this and what this meant. They and don't. I think that's because a lot of the great science fiction novels hadn't even come out yet the 50s the 60s you know what i mean like, like time the, travel the, stories even even like the idea of the technology the technology they were using not least yeah. it's even funny you go back and look at that that king issue that original king issue and he's just sitting there like no i don't have to do anything because you guys can't touch me i'm just sitting here smoking a cigarette that's like oh my god that's so 60s that's hilarious you know i'm just enjoying the cigarette it's just funny as hell. Just chilling. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, this this book is fascinating, and like I say, it either it, it, I think that's the beauty of it. It's finished artwork. You can, it matters as much as you can make it matter, and it's just it's a whole new Kang tale, and it's not riddled with all of our favorite guys. Kang is generally someone that no one really does anything major with. And, like, I love it when he's sh- popping in, like, visiting with Dr. Doom or something like that. That's good stuff. You know what I mean? I really do, man. And I just need you to pivot that up for me because there's, like, I get while they're integrating it into the story to get people prepared. But no yeah. one has given a shit about Kang except people like you and I <laughs> ever. And the the Infinity Gauntlet was something that is, I feel like, is in the back of the pop culture collective mind. Like we know that there was something that someone did, and the, but the snap was not never that big. But um, I, I feel like they're doing Kang too early, like the way I did when uh, in Batman versus Superman they they bring out fucking Doomsday. Uh, you know, I mean, Too I think early. that's the disappointing aspect of it. If you're going to do a major time travel story in the MCU, guys, you already just did the time travel story to end them all. The time stone doesn't work. We don't know where they are. It's gone. It's broken or whatever. But, like, we're going to, you know, we can do the quantum realm and we can travel through time because of the quantum realm. It's kind of like they just did it. Like, I was really hoping... Yeah, let's go back and revisit all of the other stories, you know, Back to the Future 2, and it would have been a whole Kang thing. But, you know, it's just not what they did. Uh, I still go back and I look at Endgame, and I think it's a totally badass movie, and there are some huge moments in that, for sure. Right. But at the same time, I'm just like, I think they blew the time travel wad in the... the, 
it's like oh, this is the last one. It's just it's the last one. It's 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 a little bit too much. I, I don't I don't think people are ready for it, man. Yeah, I just think you're right. I agree. I think that uh, I think that you know going back and people reading Tom, Kang related stories to try to catch up and figure this out is going to be really not as awesome as they want. And that's what's kick ass about this book is that it is actually awesome. And it does give you an interesting backstory. You know what's odd? Okay, dude, I haven't Tell even me. seen Shang-, Shang-Chi yet. I need to go see Shang-Chi. I've got a great movie uh, of it. Apparently, it's really, really good. And then I was in the store today, and I'm hearing people talk about the Eternals, which I have absolutely no faith in for whatever. I'm not, not really in interested in seeing it. But they were saying it's surprisingly good. It's it world builds in a way that they haven't done anything before, and it like it sets it's setting up so much stuff. It's like it's a key issue, and I'm like, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna see it, but at the same time, I'm not. Oddly enough, like I want to go see Shang Chi. I was way interested in seeing Shang Chi. I haven't made it yet. There's always something to freaking do. I went to see James Bond. I'm gonna go see Dune. I don't know why I haven't seen Shang Chi yet. And, like, at the same time, The Eternals, on the other hand, I just feel like has been poorly, poorly marketed. Uh, the best marketing I saw for The Eternals was uh, when I wandered into uh, McDonald's, uh, not McDonald's, well, basically McDonald's, <laughs> Walmart, Walmart to, uh, I needed some new, uh, it's so fucking, it pissed me off. I ran out of, no, I ran out of multivitamins. And oh, wow. and uh, that was that was on Monday, and on Tuesday I was sick, and uh, <laughs> I was like, "It's probably good this morning to get sick." But uh, I went straight to the toy section. Bless you. Yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> the Lego sets are cool. Yeah, they're great. But um, I wanted the toy sets, and um, yeah, there was a couple of AW toys there. There was a Matt Hardy mm-hmm. I need to go pick up on the way to work tomorrow. And a Santana, uh, but um, Carlos Santana. No, uh, there's uh, Santana Ortiz, and uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they had all the Eternals, every single one, all displayed, all pretty, and I'm like, I don't care about any fucking one of you. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm gonna have to see that movie to care or find any interest whatsoever. The advertising doesn't make the show look remotely compelling. Uh, I feel like it's the, you know, getting the gang back together story that we've seen already. It's um, it's all of these guys, these characters living normal lives. Uh, and, you know, the jokes just don't look good. I, it's just, it just doesn't do anything. Not I'm least, inspired... But- from hearing people who are in test screenings saying that it's phenomenal. I'm glad to hear that. The Lego sets are cool. There's a spaceship. It's a triangle that looks kind of interesting. And then there's an actual celestial in one of the sets. I'm yeah. Like, That's crazy. You build a celestial. I don't know why it costs so friggin' much. It shouldn't cost that much. Uh, it's like 40 bucks or something. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, here's this huge team of like 12 characters and, we got to separate them out across however many sets. I just don't see it. But, um... Not at all, man. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I hope it turns out okay. I just, you know, obviously want to see the... It's, it's, that's my team. I want to see them succeed, but... 
know. I just don't care. I'd rather see a good Inhumans movie. That ain't ever going to happen. I'd rather see a phenomenal FF movie. I would much rather see a phenomenal FF movie, man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that, that's all I got for tonight, Dude, man. What do you get? Yeah, that's, that's that, man. That's, yeah, I think that's the show, everybody. That's all I got, man. I was surprised. Like this, like I feel like the only thirty minutes have passed. <laughs> yeah. No, I got up early and I had to go do stuff and grab my taxes and things and got all this crap done out of town. So I've, I've been up I'm since, wiped out. I, I and and just uh, I know you're looking for a house, and I know I've mentioned a couple times to you. But to all you minefielders out there, if you're looking for a home, before you put the bid in, ask what the plumbing is and how old the roof is and what shingles they are. Every yeah. other question for the insurance is going to be super easy. However, you got to make sure that you get those questions answered right away. Because your debt-to-income ratio is going to be the biggest thing, and certain places, you'll, you buy a... Oh, I buy a home built in 1920. It's not going to be that expensive. Wrong. Depending where you are, you're Oklahoma. Um, price, price everything and save you money and kick some ass. And uh, is it my turn? No, it's your turn, man. Send us off. It's not my turn. <clears throat> it is. Good night, everybody. This and transmission is over. And, and this is dangerous. All right, we're out.